Blog Talk Radio. Hello and happy Sunday. This is Seeds of Change and I'm your host, Danielle St. John. So today, um, of course, current events, we want to talk about them. Um, we also have mom doing the good news report. Um, she's with us now. Hello. Good afternoon. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. It's good to, it's good to talk to you all. <clears throat> I'm excited. Lots yeah. of good news this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe in the third hour, we, we might do um, uh, start the four agreements over with the first agreement. So um, that might what be a great, great idea. We haven't, we haven't done that in quite a while. so Right. What a great idea, the four agreements. Oh. Okay. Um, while Kate um, joins us, she'll be, I'm sure, joining us soon. Do you want, oh, you know what else I want to talk about that we haven't really even talked about in our group chat is um, the Fanny What You Talking About Willis case. I have it right here. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she was a mess on the stand and um, actually my very first story of the week was going to be about her and about um, what happened when she was on the stand. It was uh, pretty wild. And it, the, the headline uh, judge in Trump case in Georgia on Fannie Willis. I think it's possible that the facts alleged could result in disqualification. Mm -hmm. So that was the point of the hearing which is to determine if she had broken uh, the rules in relation to um, uh, as far as um, needing to recuse herself, um, additionally determine um, if she had stepped over the line. Because she's supposed to be uh, um, unbiased, right? She's just supposed to bring the facts of the case. But um, apparently that that just isn't so, and she hired her lover as the special counsel. She um, there was lots of money flowing around, cash money um, from that wasn't determined where the money come from. But she said she had cash in her home all the time. That her father taught her that to always have cash and enough for six months worth of your bills in your home. Um, and that she paid her lover back, quote, unquote, for the vacations that he took her on. Um, none of that is allowed between these two players in a very, very significant case. They they went at a, a former president of the United States. Right. And so, um, of course, you know, everybody just kind of says, oh, yeah, that's just politics. No, it's not. Not when it not when you're talking about going after the president of the United States and his associates with a RICO case. You cannot even have the a whiff of impropriety, and, and it's really bad. Could it's you imagine really if bad. Donald Trump got up on the stand and acted a fool like she did? Could you imagine what would happen? I can't. I can't. And she acted a fool. The way she was talking was – and, and – the idea supposedly people are saying that um, she was trying to get people to say that she was an angry black woman so she could say it's racist. I mean, she was saying that anyway. That you know, right. that I'm not on trial. You, those people are on trial. You, you can't Actually, even put me on trial. I'm not trial. on trial. 
<laughs> she actually, she was. Yeah, I know. She and was saying it from the damn witness stand. Like she wasn't. Hi, Kate. Hey. Hi. Hello. I hear How you are you today? About, uh, I'm doing all right. How are you? Well, we're, we're, I'm doing great. We were having uh, fun talking about the Fanny show this week. Uh, even yeah. her name is fun, right? <laughs> even She's even got a fun name that we get to play around with a little bit. Um, yes. Uh, I like Fanny when you talk about Willis. It was, Fanny, what you talk about Willis. She wore her dress backwards in the courtroom. What? And everybody made a big deal. The pink dress, um, they found it online and showed pictures of it the way that it was supposed to be worn, and she wore it backwards. And I don't know what that means, but everybody made a big deal about Fanny wearing her dress backwards. I don't know. But it didn't look like it was backwards, did it? Maybe she just preferred that look. (laughs) I don't know. I've not seen that before. The zipper of the dress was supposed to go in back according to the pictures, which I don't know why everybody made a big deal about that, but they did because she she definitely Mm. wore that particular dress backwards so that's that fun? crazy that's <laughs> kind of fun <laughs> that's just one of the fun things right yeah yeah it was a real uh shit show wasn't it yeah yeah huge fun <laughs> it was well, you know when you go on vacation you usually pay your lover back with cash so yes of course who you doesn't do yes do that? <laughs> who doesn't and and i keep six months worth of money uh in cash in bills in my house. That's what my daddy taught me, right? And no, oh my the only God. people we know with that kind of cash in hand are drug dealers. You know, drug dealers are, uh, there's a, or so, you know, when you do independent contracting, like, like I do working at birthday parties and stuff like that, people do pay you in cash. And I'm thinking, this woman is not working for cash, you know, officially. No, so why she's she have not. All the cash? She is a district attorney, and everything she does is supposed to be legally above reproach. And every single yes. allegation that they brought against this woman placed her certainly way outside of, or way, way within the realm of reproach, okay? Mm-hmm. None of it. Okay, certainly the the... Special counsel, which when, okay, so just, you guys probably know this, but I'm just going to sort of define what a special counsel is. Um, in order to avoid looking like there, that there's any kind of impropriety, um, if, if it, it seems as though the regular district attorney can't, you know, uh, wouldn't need to recuse herself because of being too close to something, something, whatever that might be, you get a special counsel. Well, she's sleeping with the special counsel. So that just throws that right out the freaking window. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> well, you, you can't can do any of those things. If you're a Democrat, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. This right. Is so if strange. Yeah, it's different but when it's they do it, right? It's so interesting to see the MSNBC, CNN type of coverage of this thing, like, Oh yeah, you go, girl. Funny. Or you know, yeah, she was a she was strong <laughs> on the stand. She's a strong black woman. Like, first of all, why does it matter that she's a black woman? We should not be even talking about race. That's crazy. This is not about race. This case, it's except not, that they're not using even a little a bit. But they're going to make they're going to make it that. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's all they got. 
It looks really bad. It stinks to high heaven, all of it. And if you're going to go after the president, the former president of the United States, you need to be above reproach. That's just all there is to it. And she's not. Yes. So there. Thank you. <sighs> Agreed. And if all of this Lots. is my, I mean, okay, a couple questions. So can you do you want to just go over the story and then um, I, I've got a couple questions when you're done. Okay, the story of Fanny. Is is that the story you want me to go over? Sorry, yes. I would love okay. that. Yeah, I'll mute okay. myself. Okay. So Fanny Willis um, is a district attorney in um, in Georgia, and she um, during the 2020 election um, after it happened. Come on now. Uh-oh. What did I just do? Damn it. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry, you guys. I did something bad just now. Can you still hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. Uh, okay. I hit one of the keys that took me out of my... Oh, Lord. What did I do? I, I, I just did a bad thing. Okay. Oh, there it goes. I got it. It came back. Phew. Okay. Yay. During um, the, the 2020 election, as you, um, I'm sure guys are aware, that um, on election night, uh, a bunch of counties stopped counting the votes all at the same time. They said, we're going to stop counting the votes for if some, some counties across the United States gave a reason, others not so much. Georgia was one of the counties that said, oh, we've had a water main break. We're going to stop counting. Okay. Not really. It's not okay. Um, But uh, in these various counties across the United States, Donald Trump had a massive lead. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, Arizona. So Georgia says, oh, gee, we've had a water main break. And we're going to stop counting. Now, throughout the weeks after the election, when they said Donald Trump lost, because the next day, all of a sudden, Joe Biden had the lead and supposedly won the election. Okay. Uh, you will never get me to believe that that man won the election. Just And, and millions of us do not believe so. Anyway, um, as they were digging around in Georgia, they found some tapes of them continuing to count after they said they stopped counting. There were a couple of women, and they were dumping ballots and supposedly watching the video, and I just though they were putting the same votes in to be recounted over and over and over again. There was fraud in the Georgia election. Okay. So Donald Trump calls the governor of the state, Brian Kemp, and says, and says to him in a phone call, you need, to, you need to figure out what happened in your state, find the votes. I know they're there. I know we were going to win Georgia. It's, it was it my, completely in my column. Something happened. You guys said you were going to stop counting the votes. Why did you do that? On and on, this, this long conversation with Kemp. From there, Fannie uh, Willis took a snip of that phone call and said, find the votes. And she charged him and a bunch of his associates with a RICO case that they were trying to go in 
and change the results of the Georgia election by fraud, by intimidation, uh, and all of them were in on it together. Uh, like she used people uh, that were in the Trump campaign renting hotel rooms in Georgia. They in the Trump campaign. That's what Trump Trump campaign surrogates do. They go to the various states and they, you know, they do campaign stuff. But based on that one sentence that she took completely out of context in this long phone call, from there, she charged him and all of his associates with RICO case. Um, you may have heard that two people pled guilty to minor crimes. That would be Sidney Powell and I forget the other guy's name. It'll come to me. Lynn Wood? What they, no, Lynn Wood did not. But oh. we, we could have a talk about Lynn Wood. Just a minute, if you'd like to. He's a snake. Anyway, uh, what they those two pled to were looking at Georgia voter rolls. That's what they pled to. Okay, so since then, within just in the last week and a half, they had an appeals court heading up to the Supreme Court saying it is not illegal that that is public information to look at voter rolls. They've been trying for years, the Democrats, to make it a, a crime. For people to look at voter rolls. Anyway, at that time, supposedly in Georgia, this case hadn't come out. Uh, Powell and the other guy plead guilty to that. They se- se- segregate themselves from the case. Now there are, I think, fourteen or thirteen or fourteen people still charged under this RICO statute, which I have no idea where the hell she got that from. Well. As an aside, and I was actually talking to my sister about this just a little while ago, Donald Trump has had his own private security firm for for about 30 years, and they're really good at what they do. Um, They started digging at Fannie Willis. And all of a sudden, we're seeing story after story after story. Fannie Willis is visiting the White House. Fannie Willis is, is smooching the supposedly, uh, you know, completely separate from everybody special counsel. Um, they start digging into their travel records, find out that they've been, you know, spending money like uh, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves after they get paid, and all kinds of corruption. And so they say, "Hey, you need to show us all the receipts for this stuff. What have you been? What have you been doing? You know, how, where's all this money coming from? Oh, well, it's all cash, supposedly." And then they ask them point blank, "When did this relationship start?" After I hired him as, as, as the special counsel that we've been smooching since then, after, right? First of all, that doesn't make it okay. And second of all, they've been smooching since 2020, okay? That's why the divorce is happening with Wade and his wife, okay? I heard so, 2019, actually. It might even been 2019. Okay, I'll buy that. <laughs> I'll buy that. But my point, the point being all of this impropriety, cannot happen in just even a regular case, much less you're going after the former president of the United States. You cannot do that kind of stuff. The, the, everyone has said the RICO case is garbage to begin with. She based it off – you know, part of the appeals process has already gone through that she only provided a snippet of that phone call to the grand jury and that she didn't provide the rest of it, and that, that so they could indicted him on insufficient information. The whole case is falling apart. 
but the the big big problem is that it's the White House that's coordinating all of these cases and they're finding out day after day more and more all of these prosecutors all of these judges all of these district attorneys are in direct contact contact direct coordination with um, Donald Trump's chief political rival which is the president the sort of current president <laughs> of the United States of America. You can't do that. You can't do that stuff. So that's the, a little brief history on the RICO case coming out of Georgia. It's falling apart before our very eyes. And according to Benny Johnson, uh, the judge in the Trump case in Georgia on Fannie Willis, I think it's possible that the facts alleged could result in disqualification. So, okay. Does that mean the case goes away? No. If she, but, it, but she should be disqualified for these ethical violations. Will anyone else take it up? No. It's a garbage case. She's been paid big money to, um, to make all this noise, and no one else is going to stick their foot in that. They're just not going to because it's a garbage case. There. Wow. <laughs> you couldn't write this. You couldn't write it, this. If you wrote this as fiction, no one would believe it. I, I, I'm telling you, it's like a, a stupid spy novel, right? Yeah. It's a stupid, stupid spy novel. Yeah, and, not even a good um, spy novel. It's not even a good spy mo- no- novel. Okay, so, um, yeah, no. Wow. So, th- so that's it. So she could be disqualified. Uh, doesn't mean the case is going away, but the, the, the getting someone as as corrupt and ruthless as Fannie Will, uh, Willis to take it over, they're not going to get anybody. They all know they've got their asses hanging out in the wind. It's just not going to mm-hmm. happen. Do we know when they're going to rule on the disqualification? Um, it will happen soon. It will happen very soon. Also, that will probably happen within the next five to ten days. The Colorado case, the judge um, in the um, – ew, gross. <laughs> the judge in um, the Georgia case will probably uh, rule with, within the next five to ten days as well. It's going to happen soon. All of, See, here's the thing. Getting back to this lawfare that we're experiencing – Jack Smith, as a prosecutor, is asking for everyone to hurry up cases. The only one that gets to do that is the Mm -hmm. defendant, not the prosecutor. The defendant Mm -hmm. waives time, and they get to take all the time they need to mount a vigorous defense. Okay, prosecutors don't get to do this. So this is all about timing. They want to get this stuff done before the election. Okay, and thus, what does that tell you? Pop quiz. Oh, oh, me, me. Oh. <laughs> I pick you, go. Okay, I think that they think that Biden is going to lose or that Trump is going to win. Of course. The, and just the overall principle is that it's political. Right. Okay, so they can say all day long, oh, it's not pol-. – that's just – it's so obviously political. It's not <laughs> even funny. And we don't yeah. – we, st- we don't. even though, you know, we're, we're standing out here laughing, that, you know, the, the talking heads would say, well, we don't do that in the United States of America. Well, hmm, looks like we do. They're trying to anyway. 
Oh yeah, um, how can but, you say with a straight face that this is a legitimate thing? They are though, and I mean, it is like well, two parallel worlds. I remember back in the 2016 elections, people were trying to argue that, well, you know, even if Hillary Clinton was guilty of these crimes, it has to wait until after the election. If if not, hmm. then then that's election rigging, and and that's just taking away. Do you remember? Democracy. I sure but do. But her I emails. Sure but mm. her emails. How many times did you hear that? Them barfing that crap up in 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 defense of that scumbag. Okay. Yes. If you do break the law, if Trump broke the law, you guys would not hear me defending him. I've looked at these cases. They're garbage, just like everything they've tried to throw at him since 2015. And speaking of 2015, (laughs) um, not that I want to get too sidetracked from Fanny, but it's all part and parcel of what they're trying to do to him. This week... Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, who, um, dare I say, ruffled some feathers. They did ruffle some feathers, no question about it. Um, it's a startling information that apparently Five Eyes was con- contracted by our CIA, John Brennan, dirty, scurvy, slimy, scum-sucking, commie bastard, to spy on the Trump campaign. <gasps> Wait. Are you shocked? Danielle, show me your, let me hear your shocked voice. Here it is. How about you? Well, so, (laughs) yeah, I saw that story and I didn't have time to investigate it. Now, where is, I know they boasted Twitter, Twitter revelations. Is this part of that or is this something separate? Okay, no, it is it, here. Well, they they did the Twitter files. Okay, you're right. It's Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi are the people that Elon Musk approached when he gave them the Twitter files. Okay, but for years, Anons have been saying that it wasn't just George Papadopoulos and a drink in a bar in Greece or Australia or or blah blah blah. John oh, President Barack Hussein Obama told John Brennan, yes, go out and bump, that's called bumping, um, Trump campaign officials all over the world, okay? They sent, but it wasn't ours. See, how that's how they kept their hands clean, and that's how come, you know, it's only been conjecture up to now because they used other countries, intelligence what do you mean agencies. By- do you mean like get them incarcerated? Get close or? to them. No, get close to them, find out information, follow them, spy on them, um, make friends with them, try to get try to get them to and, – and keep this in mind. Mm. So pay attention very carefully. Since 2015, the most powerful intelligence agencies combined on the planet have been following, digging – bumping, doing all the things that intelligence, nasty shit that intelligence agencies do, and they still haven't laid a glove on this man to this day. Now, you may say this case in New York, we can talk about that in a minute, but I'm telling you, so so Trump's been saying that. 
they spied on my campaign. And remember how he was mm-hmm. mocked and, and, you know, like, no, they, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. bullshit. Leslie Stahl. Yeah. Remember Leslie, Leslie Stahl? All, all, yeah, he's been saying it for years. We caught them. We have it all. Okay, so oh, this is didn't spy on you. Stop saying yeah, that. Yeah, come on. You're just you're crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. You're sore well, loser. guess what? You're right. It it we we didn't. <laughs> Every other government on the planet did. Are you guys there? Can well, you hear me? Well, at least for yeah, yeah at least yeah. Very, I'm trying for, to make sense um, of other English speaking countries, I believe. Okay, so I'm going to read you the thread from Michael Schellenberger. Great. Yeah, so Thank every you. other yeah, every other uh IC intelligence agency um C H E L L E N B E R G E R I'm following this guy. So why isn't he coming up? Maybe I'm not spelling it right. S C H There it is. Okay. CIA had foreign allies spy on Trump team, triggering Russia collusion hoax, sources say. This is an article by Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutentag. It was um, originally um, February 13th, 2024, and I'm going to click the thread. So where is he? Okay. Of course, they don't want to make it easy to find. No, of course not. But it's but it's my fault for being a geek as well. So, are you um, on Twitter? I mean, I am on Twitter, and and I have I have it saved somewhere. My children said we're not allowed to call it X. That we have to keep calling it Twitter because it's really highly uncool. That Mm -hmm. is so confusing. If you just say X, nobody's going to know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, so the I'm only thing I came up with ecstasy. Extra. Do I have it in my bookmarks? Maybe I have it in my bookmarks. Do I have it in my bookmarks? There it is. I can look too. I might have even put it in um Whatchamajigger in my um good news. Excellent excellent. I do know what that uh this? Epstein's brothers came out and said that he what he didn't kill himself. Oh, yeah, that was uh, Here it is. I got it. Okay, so I'm going to forward it to you, Danielle. Here is, okay, so it's it. Which mm. one? I'm on X right now, Twitter, as it were. A new report. Okay. This is Jesse Waters. A new report says yeah, Russia didn't that's, want that's Trump to win. That's the one I have. I was just getting ready to um, to forward it. That's the one I have. Good job. Okay, so hold on. How can I forward this to you, Danielle? Can you can you it. go in the excellent news one, Danielle? I'm, I'm doing it now if you want. Hopefully yeah. I don't. Go ahead. Play it. Can you forward it to Danielle, though, because she's got the mic, the good mic yeah, to I'll, play it. Yeah, I'll do I can find it. Um, there. It's, got it. Good. So just play it, and um, and then we'll discuss. Okay. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Part three of the investigation into how the CIA framed Trump just dropped, and it changes everything. This week, we learned how Obama's CIA told foreign... How's that volume? Perfect. 
Okay. Buys to bump 26 Trump campaign associates who the CIA thought were, you know, easy marks, framing them for collusion and then triggering the FBI investigation, the illegal wiretapping, and eventually the Mueller probe. We also learned there are classified documents that prove all of this, that Trump might have copies of, and it could be why Biden raided Mar-a-Lago. Now, today, Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi dropped another bombshell. They didn't want Trump to win in 2016. Russia wanted Hillary, oh, no shit. and the CIA knew it. Russia saw Hillary as manageable and predictable. They were comfortable with her and wanted her to be president. The Russians thought Trump was a wild card, didn't want to deal with that. No there was shit. never any evidence showing Putin supporting Trump. Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, knew this and manufactured the evidence. He manipulated other assessments, buried high-quality intelligence, and then manufactured a conclusion that 17 agencies agreed Russia interfered in the 2016 elections to help Trump. And then the press ran with it, and the country was brainwashed. Now, according to these new reports, these were similar tactics the CIA used with the WMDs. This has severely wounded our body politic, warped our minds, and wrecked our trust in national security institutions. We deserve the full accounting of this hoax immediately. Every document involved. Thankfully, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger have made great progress, and Mike joins us now. Mike, tell us what this new cooking the books situation really is all about. Uh, sure, Jesse, it's good to be with you. Well, I think some people wonder if this is old news or maybe if this has been reported. I want to assure you that it has not been reported until now. I can also assure you that there are current members of the House Intelligence Committee that are unaware of a 50-page report that the CIA is currently hiding at its headquarters. There may be other copies elsewhere, but there is a top-secret copy of the CIA proving without a doubt, according to our sources, which are multiple credible sources, that Russia, in fact, favored Hillary Clinton, not Donald Trump, in 2016, that they used the Steele memo, the, the infamous political document commissioned by the Hillary Clinton campaign, to create, to cook the intelligence, as they said, for the early January 2017 intelligence community assessment claiming that the Russians favored Trump falsely, that relied on the Steele memo. That 50-page report continues to exist. It likely exists with the other intelligence information, including potentially raw intelligence documents, showing that the evidence was very strongly on the side, the best evidence was on the side, that the Russians favored Clinton for the, for the continuity and stability, that they were concerned about Trump for being erratic and being an unknown quantity, and that the quality of the evidence that, uh, that contradicted that was much lower and that it was and that Brennan's people manipulated the the sourcing so to speak the quality ranking given to the sources to come up with really the opposite outcome of what the truth was so the election has just happened Hillary has lost it was a surprise they'd already kind of had this CIA FBI deal working and then they needed some major assessment it was authoritative. And you're saying Brennan at the CIA just started going like this and moving everything around to create this impression that they interfered on behalf of Trump? 
Yeah, that's right. There's actually two separate intelligence scandals here to, for people to keep in mind. The first one happened earlier in 2016, where our sources, multiple sources, tell us that Brennan oversaw manipulation of our foreign allies to basically entrap Trump associates to create the pretext yep. for the FBI investigation of Trump supposed alleged collusion with Russia, which we now know is debunked. The second thing is, uh, almost a year later, Brennan orchestrates a phony intelligence assessment that comes to the opposite conclusion of what their own raw intelligence, their best intelligence was showing. These are two massive, massive intelligence scandals. What we're witnessing is the political corruption of both intelligence gathering and intelligence analysis by John Brennan. And these documents, we have been told by multiple people, still exist. They're at the CIA. They need to be released. They're probably part of this larger binder, which may have the other documents to support both the, the evidence of both of these scandals. How do we hold Brennan accountable? Congress has to take action. I mean, as I said, I, ha I now know for a fact that there are members of the House Intelligence Committee whose job it is, whose constitutional requirement it is to oversee the CIA, to demand that the CIA be a non-political institution. They need to hold them to account. There need to be hearings on this. They need to get to the bottom of that. We need that 50-page report and the binder and the rest of the documents. Well, I agree. I'm not relying on Congress to do much of anything these days. I do like the CIA interfering in other people's elections, just not ours. That's Ew. a line we can never cross. Schellenberger, thanks so much, and thank that's why he got uh, that's why he got Tucker's spot, I guess. Yep. Ew. And okay, so so just real quick, I know he's like this has never been before been been reported. That's that's not true. Um, I know that I personally reported it back when I was doing live streams and not radio um i know okay. that Tracy so that, that's why everybody's feathers are ruffled all the anons over mm -hmm. on twitter are pissed off because we've been saying this for years i suppose um the we could add the like sort of asterisk hyphen credible sources to this and maria but here's the thing maria bartiromo has been saying devin nunez has been saying this but okay so mm -hmm. The inference has always been Obama and, and Brennan, okay? And the next sort of big leap bombshell is that's why they raided Mar-a-Lago. Hmm. There's evidence to support the idea that Trump has the binder intelligence in it. Wow. The one that's supposedly in a big secret report – uh, talked away at the CIA. <laughs> um, Trump has the binder, has the report, and that—that's why they raided I hope so. him. Yeah, I me too. <laughs> um, I'm—I I bet he does because the, uh, all that D-class, D-class, D-class stuff that we kept hearing—you know, D-class, show us the documents. That's the documents they're talking about, and he did D-class all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, um, has, you know, just really quick, that memes are so important. I remember a meme going yep. around, um, gosh, probably in 2016, with a little boy talking to Obama and saying, my daddy says that you spy on people. And Obama saying, he's <laughs> not your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, he's not your daddy. That's I right. I yeah. back to Obama saying, uh, he kept repeating, 
Edward Snowden, the criminal, like when you talk mm-hmm. about Snowden, he just automatically say the criminal. The criminal. So like, no, yeah, he's a criminal because he's exposing what you're, you know, what you're doing. State that you're creating for all of us is prison. It's surveillance. This is exactly right. Exactly right. And so I sure hope Danielle get, is going to play some of that Mike Benz interview with Tucker Carlson <laughs> because he lays out exactly what Obama did and how they did it, mm. laying out this surveillance state. Um, I do want to follow up. I can play the first bit of it for sure. Okay. All right. I do want to follow up with um, an article from the Federalist. Okay, so um, this is another um, news agency that I totally trust. Um, I read their stuff. Molly Hemingway is the uh, the editor in chief at that um, uh, exceptional organization. But this guy that wrote this article about um, what we were just talking about is a guy named Tristan Justice, which I think is cool. Um, the article's from February 13th. It says, report, CIA started Russia collusion hoax by asking foreign governments to spy on the Trump campaign, um, which is what Michael Schellenberger just laid out, but this sort of digs in just a little bit more. The Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, set off the Russian collusion hoax in 2016. It was 2015, but... Okay, when U.S. intelligence officials recruited foreign governments to spy on Democrats' American political opponents, it wasn't just Trump. Yes, all of his associates, but they spied on Nunez, they spied on Ted Cruz, they spied on all the people that were running on the Republican side that year. It wasn't just Trump. On Democrats' American political opponents. On Tuesday, Substack Publications Public and Racket revealed new details about the origins of the Spygate hoax the U.S. federal government perpetrated on Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Multiple credible sources tell Public and Racket that the United States intelligence community, IC, including the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long before the summer of 2016. Because that's, remember, that's when supposedly George Papadopoulos has the drink in the bar in Australia and the Australian diplomat runs to the CIA and says, blah, 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 okay? So are we bullshit. sure it was Australia? I know we're kind of like going in the Wayback Machine, it feels like, but I thought it was um, England. Greece? My- no, he was in, either in Greece or Australia. Okay. It was Australian. Okay, it was an Australian diplom- diplomat, but I think it was in Greece. I I could be wrong, Danielle. You want to check? Anon. Yeah. Multiple I'll, I'll, I'll um, multiple credible sources sources tell Public and Racket that the United States Intelligence Community (IC) included the, including the Central Intelligence Agency (CIA) illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long before the summer of 2016. Sorry for repeating that sentence, but I just want to make sure I'm clear. These publications reported the U.S. intelligence community asked the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance to surveil Trump's associates and share the intelligence they acquired with U.S. agencies. 
say sources close to a House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, HSPCI, investigation. This is the one that Nunez, Nunez started, and it's been going quietly in the background the entire time. The Five Eyes Alliance refers to the global intelligence apparatus that includes the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. What do those five groups have in common? Pop oh, me. quiz. Oh, me. Me. Pick go, me. Go. They're you. all English-speaking countries, um, and yes. they all coordinate information together so that they can say, well, I didn't spy on, this, on my citizen. This other country did. Well, I didn't spy on this. Same thing with the CIA. The CIA isn't supposed to be spying on its citizens. So they can just say, nope. oh, no, it wasn't me. It was uh, right. Australia. The other thing that they have in common, are they the ones, they were the ones that they were got locked down the hardest during COVID. Oh, yes, they were. Okay. It's all connected. After public and racket had been told that President Barack Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, John Brennan, John Brennan, I hate John Brennan, I want him to hang for treason, 26 Trump associates for the Five Eyes to target, a source confirmed that the intelligence community had identified them as people to bump. There you go. There's that word, Katie, and I'm going to give you the definition that they use, or make contact with or manipulate. That's what to bump means, make uh, contact okay. or manipulate. They were targets of our own IC and law enforcement, targets for collection and misinf- misinformation, the Substack reported. Unknown details about the FBI's investigation of the Trump campaign and raw intelligence related to the IC's surveillance of the Trump campaign are in a 10-inch binder that Trump ordered to be declassified at the very end of his term. Sources told public and racket. That's why Mar-a-Lago got raided. If the top secret documents exist proving these charges, they are potentially proof that multiple U.S. intelligence officials broke laws against spying and election interference. It's illegal what they did. Trump was impeached in 2019 allegedly for requesting a foreign power investigate his own domestic political opponent. House Democrats claim President Trump withheld nearly $400 million in U.S. handouts to Ukraine in exchange for Kiev establishing facts about Hunter Biden coordinating corruption for his father, Joe Biden. Trump was acquitted by the Senate in February 2020. Guess who else was at the meeting between Obama and John Brennan? Uh, Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Katie, you got this one? (laughs) I can imagine. I I don't know for sure. Oh, Vice President oh. Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Good oh, and job. by the way, we were both out. right. It was an Australian diplomat, but it was also, but the meeting was in, in England. Mm. It was in English. Okay. All right. You were right. Okay. So, yes, all three of them cooked this up, okay, to get Hillary Clinton elected. Okay. By By, that time, Biden was eating ice cream in the corner. Let's be real. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Because here's the thing: he wanted to run that year, and Obama put the kibosh to it himself. He said, "Never underestimate Joe Joe's ability to fuck things up," and that was enough. 
and and everybody was like, oh, but and it's Hillary's turn, right? And here's the thing: who knows what she's got on them? Right. <laughs> Probably that right. meeting. Okay. Um, the Democrats' first yeah. impeachment crusade against the democratically elected president followed the collapse of the Russian hoax. When special counsel Robert Mueller's probe found not one person in the Trump campaign, let alone Trump himself, had colluded with the Russian government in order to win the 2016 election. A report from special counsel John Durham last year concluded the FBI had no legitimate reason to open the investigation. Guess what? They didn't have to anyway. The CIA was doing it. Instead, it was used as a pretext for U.S. intelligence agencies and congressional Democrats to hamstring their political opposition with sham investigations and impeachment, Mm -hmm. effectively nullifying the 2016 election results. President Joe Biden continued to engage in global influence peddling schemes while serving in the Senate and the White House. So it goes on more about Joe Biden, which we're done. Um, There's plenty on that, but that's that's. Okay, we don't need to actually do that. Okay, so I'm sending you, Danielle, in your uh, ice folder, something that I want to play, want you to play. Um, it's. Are you guys done with this topic? <laughs> done with um, I this am. topic. I am, but Katie, do you, yeah. Kate, do you have any questions? No, I, I'd like to talk a little bit later, go a little deeper on – CIA origins and meddling and their Nazi roots and stuff like that. So I've outlined a bunch of stuff that we can talk about. You know what, Katie? There's a really great lead-in for you on on exactly that. Um, And that would be the first 10 minutes of the Mike Benz-Tucker Carlson interview. And after I get off here, you guys, I, I, I will listen because it's fascinating stuff. Um, some really good news, actually, from your 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 boy Jimmy Dore, and I'm looking for you, Danielle. Where are you? I found Why it. Can't I, I found you. Thing. You've got the. It's yeah. It's in the um, my uh, excellent news one. The, the Jimmy yep, Dore. I found it. I'm ready whenever you are. Okay. Um. So. Oh, the Mike Benz interview. I I just watched that. That is fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> that fascinating. Speaks to what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, it's 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 a it's a certainly a, a lead into you know what what the CIA has been doing with you know with propaganda, and I'm, it sounds like you were going way back uh, to the Nazis. I believe it. Um, way okay. back or not way back? Way back or not way back? That's the question. What is going yeah. on? This is what they're I wanted, still doing want to it. discuss. There's still Nazis There's, in the CIA. Yeah. Uh, I believe you. I believe it. And there's a bunch in of a, freaking commies in there, too. Right. Sorry, what? A bunch of damn, there's a bunch of communists, too. John Brennan's one of them. We have been infiltrated. No question yeah, about it, Katie. It You're absolutely well, right. There's, there's so many definitions for these words, but for Nazis, there's not... There's no room. I know some good communists, but I certainly don't know any good Nazis. Anyway. No, well, okay. Yeah. I hear so, you, though. I, I yeah. hear you. I'm just saying one of they're my sources not is the great the, They're certainly not they're, serving the, the interests of the American people who, who hate Nazis yes. and hate commies. Okay? Here we go. Okay. So this is from, from, from a, a counseling perspective. 
This next little clip from Jimmy Dore um, makes me very, very happy because I work with seriously mentally ill. Um, Co-occurring disorder means that they have a mental health issue and a substance abuse problem. And they have been prescribing these medications called antidepressants to just regular folks and in particular my folks, right? Because when people can't get any relief from their quote-unquote antidepressants, they turn to substance to try to relieve their pain. Um, I have been a, uh, a what is it, anti-antidepressant uh, person for a very, very long time. I don't think they work. I think they're bullshit, and I think people take them hoping for some relief, and then they stop taking medications and trusting psychotherapy or psychiatrists completely because the medicines don't work, and they have terrible side effects. So take it away, Danielle, and this one I'll, okay, I'll close go. with. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Written by Dr. Joseph Merkula, who I've had on the show. As reported in the 2023 system, first of all, just so we, we found out, um, by the way, I have, I have a feeling this isn't going to be the nail in the coffin for antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to somehow get around this. So remember this, as, as reported in 2023, they did a systemic umbrella review of the evidence for the serotonin theory of depression. And this is what the conclusion was. The main areas of serotonin research provide no consistent evidence of there being an association between serotonin and depression and no support for the hypothesis that depression is caused by lowered serotonin activity or concentration. So the whole basis for a serotonin re-up uh, in, which is what is Zoloft is and Prozac, they completely got taken up under by the knees, but they're still prescribing the hell out of them. Uh, it does affect uh, the urge to gamble. And also, one guy won a lawsuit because he became gay. And that was <laughs> held up in court. So they, uh, and they, they, they do make you more likely to still wear a mask in public. So that's good, right? <laughs> oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, Lord. So here I want to tell you about this. The sequence treatment alternatives to relieve depression studies published in 2006 was the largest and longest running antidepressant effectiveness trial ever conducted and importantly it used real world patients so the authors claimed an overall cumulative remission rate of 67 percent this study has since been used to prop up the idea that antidepressants work in the real world mm. however the widely made claim that antidepressants work for nearly 7 in 10 patients in real-world clinical settings is based on a scientific misconduct and fraud. In his reanalysis of the study, psychologist Ed Peugeot and colleagues showed that had the study protocol been followed, the cumulative remission rate would have been only 35%. Moreover, the STAR-D report omitted the stay-well rate, only 3%. Of the 4,041 patients who entered the trial and went into remission were still in remission at the end of their one-year follow-up. Hey, you want to hear something great about this, too? Uh, Obamacare, one of the hidden provisions in that was called the pregnant women's right to mental health or something. Yeah. And uh, so they made it legal to give it to pregnant women for their depression. Wow. Okay. Previously, to protect the unborn baby, they wouldn't, you know. Yes, most clinical drug trials have found the effectiveness of antidepressants is on par with placebo. And many yeah. studies have debunked the serotonin theory that underpins the use of antidepressants. Meanwhile, large-scale meta-analysis show that physical exercise is the most effective remedy. 
about 1.5 times more effective than antidepressants for depression. Get out of here. Oh, so that's why physical exercise is suddenly linked to white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Can I just take a something? It's just one example. Well, here's just one example. Patients who, of how they flawed, the studies were flawed on purpose. Patients who didn't qualify as depressed enough to even be included in the study in the first place were counted as remitted, as were patients who dropped out, mostly due to intolerance to the drugs. They also switched outcome measures and introduced theoretical elements in clear violation of study protocol. Hey, my friend Brody's uh, dead from 100% so that. we've he also told everybody he didn't feel right and they go that's normal that's normal and then he's, su uh, he's a suicide wow so we also know that there's a connection that that's in their own literature between uh violent acts or the urge to commit violent acts at people who take antidepressants and it's also connected with connected to most most mass shootings and so that's why mass shootings have exploded in america since the introduction that's is a, that's a theory anyway i'm not saying yeah. that's so, a theory so that, dr Drew, what you do you say for, i've got a lot to say uh, i worked at a psychiatric hospital for 35 years i want to remind you of a couple things one is, are you aware that randomized controlled trials have only been around for about 75 years? Okay, they, okay. You know, I know what they pretend, are. People pretend as though that has been the basis of science forever. No, it's a relatively new instrument on the scene and it is deeply flawed. It is to, to power it, you have to have more patients, more, a bigger end than 85% of the, of the RCTs out there. So we have lots of problems. People do a lot of manipulating with numbers as a result of learning how to use this instrument to make their outcomes the way they want them. But uh, I digress. Back, back in the day, doctors would try things, and when they worked, you knew it clinically because the patient got better. Did they get better every time? No, of course not. But you developed a clinical sense of what worked and what doesn't. Clinical judgment has been marginalized. And I'm telling you, clinical judgment is if you see lots and lots of patients like I did, thousands and thousands, you know what's going on long before the medical literature catches up. So I always have a sense like, hey, something's not right here because that's not what I'm saying. Like I remember I, I'm, I've used a great deal of Paxlovid and I saw a bunch of rebounds. And what I got was, oh, you, you had it's just a cytokine storm kicking in a week later. No, there's no cytokine activation, and there was something different going on. It was a lot of airway problems. It was something categorically different. It took two years for that literature to catch up where people went, oh, my goodness, Paxlovid causes rebound. Gross misconduct, the nail in the coffin for antidepressants. This is written by Dr. Joseph Merkula, who I've had on the show. As reported in the 2023 system, first of all, just so we, we found out, um, by the way, I, I have a feeling this isn't going to be the nail in the coffin for antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to somehow get around this. So remember this, as, as reported in 2023, that did a systemic umbrella review of the evidence for the serotonin theory of Danielle, depression. Danielle, I think you're playing it again. And this is what the conclusion was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. I was like, ah, oh, he just said that. Maybe he's setting it up for a joke <laughs> later. I <don't> <laughs> Hmm. Okay, anyway, so I it. just have a couple more things, and then you guys can take it away. Um, I think you will like this one. Um, they're, they're, it's kind of fun. It looks like a bunch of truckers are setting up um, to stop all truck deliveries to New York City. And um, I think that is Get your rooftop gardens ready, folks. Get your Get greenhouses your ready. 
well, there's there's a bunch of people that can't take care of themselves in New York. I feel bad for the um, for the poor. I, I like I don't like that. They said that if they do it for 24 hours, um, hold on, uh, delivery of of needed supplies, uh, hospitals will be without uh, sponges and which is not good. <laughs> um, if they do it for two to three days, food supplies, ATMs. Um, garbage service and containers and then if they do it for one week automobiles hospitals um so they're saying it could be really bad if they actually do that and of course i'm not necessarily for that i don't want anybody to get hurt but um there's a really great clip that um if you want to play it danielle but i before we do that another thing that's popping up that i really really dig is that um COVID resistance deserves the Nobel Peace Prize is the the lead of this story. And there are three reasons why the people that resisted COVID, all the restrictions, all the vaccines, all of it, deserve the the Nobel Peace Prize is because they stood up against the most egregious assault on human rights and civil liberties in modern history. This is the vigilant fox. If you're on Twitter, I highly recommend you follow this guy. He's the editor-in-chief of Vigilant News, and um, he clips you know, other people's articles. He's, he's an aggregator, and he's really great. He's like the library. Uh, hmm. The second reason, um, okay, no, he said, stood up against the most egregious, and this included violations of bodily integrity and informed consent, the spread of a surveillance, closure of small businesses, and the dehumanization of people who wanted to be left alone. The second reason, they displayed great courage and made significant sacrifices to stand up for essential human values. That's my kid. I'm thinking of you, Danielle. Hi. Previous peace. <laughs> She's like, that's me. Previous Peace Prize recipients typically paid a heavy personal price for the defense of human, women's, and children's rights. COVID dissidents lost jobs. Doctors who did not conform had their licenses threatened or taken away, and many lost lifetime relations within love, with loved ones for not going along with their narrative. The third reason is that they created supportive communities, took matters into their own hands, and overcame censorship in the face of tyranny. COVID-19 necessitated the emergence of citizen journalism, where regular people with full-time jobs dedicated their free time to covering the other side of the story, a.k.a. the truth. Um, And as such, there should be no shortage of potential candidates for the Peace Prize to recognize their brave efforts to keep the flame of freedom flying through these dark times. This post was inspired by an article written by Ramesh Thakur, which originally appeared in on Brown brownstone institute interesting that remember we had this argument before about the brownstone institute danielle hmm right yeah this is the third time i've heard it i heard it again this week i know (laughs) i found i found i find a lot of good articles on their site though so okay uh doesn't mean i love their name as a matter of fact i think it's gross but whatever um, so it sounds like people are getting are standing up all over the planet. You may not hear about it on the news. We haven't stopped fighting. We will never back down. We will never give up. We will never stop fighting. Um, now uh, three quarters of the uni- people in the United States believe and know the election was stolen. Speaking of citizen journalists, um, when once you hear this Mike Benz um, cyber uh, uh clip from Tucker that that uh, Danielle's going to play and it goes right along with with the stuff we've been talking about what our intelligence agencies are doing and how they do it 
Um, he might be even more grossed out, but still ready to fight. I am. Anybody have any questions before I uh, log off today? Thank you for listening. No questions no. come to mind, but just thank you for all your research and sharing. Love to do it. Love to do it. So, um, Tucker's, uh, you know what, sweetheart? The, there's the one that, that's that's bookmarked from Kenokia the Great is 15 minutes. Oh, okay. So the uh, the full article here. Let me see if I can share. And you sent that link. to the you sent that to me in. Um... I'm going to put it right now in excellent news. It'll be the last one. Okay. Most, most, excuse me, most recent. So I think the full uh, interview is like an hour and 10 minutes, but Kenokia the Great cut out that piece that I think is going to hit right with um, what Kate uh, wants to talk about. So uh, I'm excited. So take it away, guys. I might stay, I'm going to stay and listen for a minute. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. I'm pulling it up now. Uh-uh-uh. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Our Pentagon, the U.S. Department of Defense, censored Americans during the 2020 election yep. cycle. Yes, they did this. They, no well, shit. they did this through the so so. There's the two most censored events in human history. I would argue to date are the 2020 election and the 19 pandemic. And I'll, I'll explain, you know, how I arrived there. So the, the, the 2020 election was determined by mail-in ballots. And I, I'm not weighing into the substance of whether mail-in ballots were or were not a legitimate or safe and reliable form of, of, of voting. That's a completely independent topic from my perspective than the censorship issue one. But the censorship of, of mail-in ballots is, is, is really one of the most extraordinary stories in our American history, I would argue. What happened was is you had this plot within the Department of Homeland Security. Now, this gets back to what we were talking about with the State Department's Global Engagement Center. You had this group within the Atlanta Council and the foreign policy establishment, which began arguing in 2017 for the need for a permanent domestic censorship government office to serve as a quarterback for what they called a whole society counter misinformation counter disinformation alliance and that just means censorship the counter misdisinfo but the whole of their whole society model explicitly proposed that that we need every single asset within society to be mobilized in a whole of society effort to stop misinformation online it was that much of an existential threat to democracy and so it, it but they just they fixated in 2017 that it had to be centered within the government because only the government would have the clout and the coercive threat powers and the and the perceived authority to be able to tell the social media companies what to do, to be able to summon an NG, a government-funded NGO swarm to create that media surround sound, to be able to arm a, a in, you know an astroturfed army of, of fact checkers, and to be able to liaise and connect all these different censorship industry actors into a cohesive unified whole. And the Atlantic Council initially proposed with this blueprint called Forward Defense. Not offense, it's forward defense, guys. They initially proposed that running this out of the State Department's Global Engagement Center because they had so many assets there who were so effective at censorship under Rick Stengel's deed uh, and under the Obama administration. But they said, oh, we, we're not going to be able to get away with that because we don't really have a national security predicate and it's supposed to be foreign facing. We can't really use that hook unless we have a sort of national security one. 
Then they contemplated parking at the CIA. And they said, well, actually, there's two reasons we can't do that. CIA is foreign facing. We can't really establish a counterintelligence threat to bring it home domestically. Also, we're going to need essentially tens of thousands of people involved in this operation, spanning this whole society model. You can't really run a clandestine operation that way. So they said, okay, well, what about the FBI? They said, well, the FBI would be great. It's domestic. But the problem is, is the FBI is supposed to be the intelligence arm of the Justice Department. And we and what we're dealing with here are not acts of law breaking. It's support for Trump or if, you know, if, if, if left-wing populists had risen to power like Bernie Sanders or Jeremy Corbyn, I have no doubt they would have done in, in the UK, they would have done the same thing to him there. They targeted Jerry, Jeremy Corbyn and other left-wing populist NATO skeptical groups in Europe. But in the US, it was, it was all Trump. And so essentially what they said is, well, the only other domestic intelligence equity we have in the US besides the FBI is the DHS. So we are going to essentially take the CIA's power to rig and bribe foreign media organizations, which is a power they've had since the day they were born in 1947, and we're going to combine that with the power, with the domestic jurisdiction of the FBI by, by putting it at DHS. So DHS was basically deputized. It was empowered through this obscure little cybersecurity uh, agency to have the combined powers that the CIA has abroad with the jurisdiction of the FBI at home. And the way they did this, how did a cyber, an obscure little cybersecurity uh, agency get this power, was they, they did a, a funny little series of switcheroos. So this little thing called CISA, they didn't call it the Disinformation Governance Board, they didn't call it the Censorship Agency, they gave it an obscure little name that no one would notice called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Who its founder said, we just, security, we care about security so much it's in our name twice. You know, everybody sort of closed their eyes and, and pretended, you know, that's what it was. But it was created by active team because of the perceived threat that had hacked the 2016 election, had physically hacked it. And so we had need, we needed the cybersecurity power uh, to be able to to be able to deal with that. And essentially on the heels of a CIA memo on January 6, 2017, in a same day DHS executive order on January 6, 2017, arguing that Russia had interfered in the 2016 election and a DHS mandate saying that elections are now critical infrastructure. You had this new power with DHS to say that cybersecurity attacks on elections are now our purview. And then they did two cute things. One, they, they said, they said misdemeanor and malinformation online are a form of cybersecurity attack. They are a cyber attack because they are happening online. And they said, well, actually, Russian disinformation is we're, we're actually protecting democracy in elections. We don't need a Russian predicate after Russiagate died. So just like that, you had this cybersecurity agency be able to legally make the argument that your tweets about mail-in ballots, if you undermine public faith and confidence in them as a legitimate form of voting, was now, you are now conducting a cyber attack on U.S. critical infrastructure by, by articulating misinformation on Twitter. And just like that, now what they did then is they... Wait, so in other words, com complaining about election fraud is the same as taking down our power grid? Yes. You could literally be on your toilet seat at 9.30 on, on a Thursday night and tweet, I think that mail-in ballots are illegitimate. And you were essentially then caught up in the crosshairs of the Department of Homeland Security classifying you as conducting a cyber attack on U.S. critical infrastructure because you were doing you misinformation online in the cyber realm 
And misinformation is a cyber attack on democracy when it public faith. Okay, one one question. Is this what they, I forget his name, but the one who said go out and vote for Hillary on the day before the election? Yes. Same premise? Same premise. Uh, okay. CISA. Confidence CISA. in... And CISA was the only one that, that is still, not the only one, but one of the only ones, organizations that are still allowed to uh, pressure uh, social media companies to take down posts, right? Right. And that there's a story in there about the Supreme Court. They, they granted cert to go up and argue the Missouri case. And then they went in and said, okay, you can, you can keep doing it until we hear the case. To the government the supreme uh, court did um okay all right let's let's oops, hold on uh, hold on all right let's continue three two one in our democratic elections and our democratic institutions they, they would end up going far beyond that they would actually define democratic institutions uh, as being another thing that was a cyber security attack to uh to undermine and lo and behold the mainstream media is considered a democratic institution that would come later. What ended up happening was, in advance of the 2020 election, and starting in April of 2020, although this goes back before, you had this essentially never-Trump neocon Republican DHS working with essentially NATO on the national security side and, the, and essentially the DNC, if you will, uh, to, to use DHS as the launching point for a government-coordinated mass censorship campaign spanning every single social media platform on earth in order to pre-censor the ability to dispute the legitimacy of mail-in ballots. And here's how they did this. They aggregated four different institutions, uh, Stanford University, the University of Washington, a company called Graphica, and the Atlantic Council. Now, all four of these institutions, the centers within them, were, were, were essentially Pentagon cutouts. You had, uh, you had at the Stanford Internet Observatory, it was actually run by Michael McFaul. If you know Michael McFaul, he was the U.S. ambassador to Russia under the, uh, under the um, Obama administration. And he personally authored a seven-step playbook for how to successfully orchestrate a color revolution. That is, and, and part of that involved having, maintaining total control over media and social media, juicing up the civil society outfits, uh, ca calling elections illegitimate in order to... Now, mind you, all of these people were professional Russiagators and professional election delegitimizers in 2016. And then we'll, right. we'll get that. So, so mm. Stanford University, uh, the nominally the Stanford Air Observatory under Michael McFall was run by Alex Stamos, who, who was formerly a Facebook executive who coordinated with ODNI and the, uh, with respect to uh, Russiagate you know, taking down Russian propaganda at Facebook. So this is a, another in, uh, liaison, essentially, to the national security state. And under Alex Stamos at Stanford Air uh, Observatory was Renee DiResta, who started her career in the CIA and wrote the Senate Intelligence Committee report on Russian disinformation. And there's a lot more there that I'll leave. I'll get to another time. But uh, the, the next institution was was the University of Washington, which is essentially the Bill Gates University in Seattle, who is headed by Kate Starbird, who uh, is, is basically three generations of military brass, who got her PhD in crisis informatics, essentially doing uh, you know, social media surveillance for the Pentagon and getting 
you know, DARPA funding and, uh, and, and working essentially with the national security state, then repurposed to take on mail-in ballots. The third firm, Graphica, got $7 million in Pentagon grants uh, uh, and, and got their start as part of the Pentagon's Minerva Initiative. The Minerva Initiative is the psychological warfare research center of the Pentagon. They, they, this group is doing social media narrative mapping for the Pentagon. 2016 election happened, and then we're into a partnership with the Department of Homeland Security to censor you know, 22 million Trump tweets, uh, pro-Trump tweets about mail-in ballots. And then the fourth institution, right. as I mentioned, was the Atlantic Council, who's got seven CIA directors on the board. So one after another, it is exactly what Ben Rhodes described it during the Obama era as the blob, the foreign policy establishment. It's, either, it's, the, it's the Defense Department, the State Department, or the CIA. Every single time, and if they were they were threatened by Trump's foreign policy, and so while while much of the censorship looks like it's coming domestically, it's actually by our foreign-facing Department of Dirty Tricks color revolution blob, who are professional government topplers, who were then basically descended on the 2020 election. Now they did this. They explicitly said the head of this election integrity partnership on tape and and clip them and it's been played before Congress and it's in you know a part of the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit now but they explicitly said on tape that they were set up to do what the government was banned from doing itself and then they articulated a multi-step framework in order to coerce all the tech companies to take censorship actions they said on tape the tech companies would not have done but for their pressure which involved using threats of government force because they were the deputized arm of the government they had a formal partnership with the DHS. They were able to use DHS's proprietary domestic disinformation switchboard to immediately talk to top brass at all the tech companies for takedowns. And they bragged on tape about how they got the tech companies to all systematically adopt a new terms of service speech violation ban called delegitimization, which meant any tweet, any YouTube video, any Facebook post, any TikTok video, any Discord post, any Twitch video, anything on the internet, that, that uh, undermined public faith and confidence in the use of mail-in ballots or early voting drop boxes or, or, or ballot tabulation issues on election day was a prima facie uh, terms of service violation policy under this new delegitimization policy that they only adopted because of pass-through government pressure from the Election Integrity Partnership, which they bragged about on tape, including the grid that they used to do this, and, and simultaneously invoking threats of government breaking them up or, or government stopping doing favors for the tech companies unless they did this, as well as inducing crisis PR by working with their media guys. So, and they said the government, DHS, could not do that themselves, and so they set up this, this basically constellation of State Department uh, and, and IC networks to run this pre-censorship campaign, which by their own math had 22 million tweets on Twitter alone. And mind you, they just on 15 platforms. So this is hundreds of millions of posts, which were all scanned and banned or throttled so that they could not be amplified or they exist in this sort of limited state purgatory or had these frictions affixed to them in the form of fact-checking labels where you couldn't actually click through the thing or you had, it was, it was an inconvenience to be able to share it. Now they did this seven months before the election. Because at the time, they, they were worried about the perceived legitimacy of a Biden victory in the case of a so-called red mirage blue shift event. They, they knew the only way that Biden would be able to was, would win mathematically 
uh, was through the disproportionate Democrat use of mail-in ballots. They knew there would be a crisis because it was going to look extremely weird if, if Trump looked like he won by seven states. In Nova, you know, uh, and then three days later, it comes out, actually, the election switch. I mean, that, that would put the election crisis of the Bush-Gore election uh, on a level of steroids that the national security state said, well, the, the, the public will not be prepared for. So what we need to do is we need to, in advance, we need to pre-censor the ability to even question legitimacy. This took out... Wait, wait, may, may I ask you to pause right there? So what you're saying is, what you're suggesting is, they knew the outcome of the election seven months before it was held. It looks very bad. Certainly. <laughs> yes, it, yes, Mike, it does look very bad. Yeah, it's almost done. Okay, that's it. So, holy shit. Okay, but the first seven minutes of the, of, of the, <clears throat> the entire, um, that's what was great. I mean, it really was great. But the first um, seven minutes is where he gives the history of of them t- of our intelligence agencies taking over how they did it. So if you want yeah. to if you want to play that to to line into what Kate wants to talk about, um, there's there's more. So just saying. Yeah, I can I can try to do that. Um, I, I'd have to find the whole uh, interview. Ty is I think Ty is listening in. Um, if you want to push one and be to be a part of the conversation, you're there. You are okay. I'm sure Ty has plenty of things oh. to say. Plenty to say. Yeah, I've got I've got the Tucker interview with Mike Benz right here. If you want me to forward it to you right now, uh, I have it. I, I have it. Yeah, I have okay, it. Okay, great. Hello, Ty. Hello. Can you hear me pretty well or no? I can hear you. We can hear you. You're a little muffled. Um, but today, by the way, today was um, uh, is Hunter's Hunter Lee's birthday, and so uh, Ty and I are a little bit sad. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I want to call in. I'm kind of like in a weird mood, but I thought, ah, oh, let's just see the gang, and it might put me in a better mood. So, oh, we love you, Ty. Thank we appreciated and welcome here. Love you. <laughs> Who's Hunter Lee? The my Hunter. best friend. I used to do cast with all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a good friend of mine, yeah, too. Um, yeah. he, he was just a... a yeah, he's a, good, he's a good shooter he's a here for a long time. He's a beautiful guy. Beautiful guy. So. Something he's happened. Yeah, he used to do cast on us all the time. He used to do this fun podcast called uh, Orchids in the Alley that he used to do. And, uh, it was just really fun. We just missed him a lot. It's, he uh, didn't make it, and so just sad. <laughs> Under very suspicious yeah. circumstances, we might add, but still. We, we don't... We don't know if it was suicide or murder, um, and it's it's kind of hard for us to to even research it. Like you, it's interesting because usually we're like, oh, who Seth Rich? Who who murdered him? Like what? Let's go into it. Let's do a deep dive. Like what happened with this person? And people are like, you guys are monsters. How could you possibly? You know, this is one of those ones where it's just really you know a hard for us to look into. If somebody else wants to look into it, fine. I would never say. You're a monster for looking into it, but mm-hmm. you know we just don't quite know what happened. It, it, it hit close to home, and yeah, and then we just we think it was kind of a targeted thing, and you know, yeah, he was a target the whole time. So it's always like technically, and so it's like they kind of just move targets when they get what they want. So and he he came from a very disturbed background where they were trying to get him for the whole time. So it's just 
it sort of seems like they kind of got what they wanted in the end, but I don't know. We're just, we're just kind of yeah. letting things be, but it is really uh, stuff. Maybe eventually we'll be able to look into it and, and figure out what actually happened, but today is the day to just say, you know, happy, happy birthday, Hunter Lee, um, and we know you're in a better place. Yeah. He's around, he's around somewhere protecting us, so. Yeah. So, and we're in Aquarius, so well, so it's Aquarius season, so he's here, so. Yeah. So while we're looking, well, while I'm pulling up this this uh, this first part of this clip, we we were just talking about um, you know CISA and um, you know basically the NDAA Act and you know the lead up to it that that allowed for um, the, the well I don't know if it was NDAA that allowed for the prosecution of people who quote unquote were spreading uh, misinformation malinformation um, about you know, medical things, but, you know, more to the point, the elections um, and how the government set up, you know, the, the infrastructure to be able to, um, to to prosecute these kind of quote unquote crimes of anybody who had anything, uh, anything to say about the elections. Oh, this might mail-in ballots might be, might be um, hacked, you know, that might be uh, manipulatable. Um, or mm-hmm. mail or or, or uh, voting uh, machines might be hackable. Those kind of things uh, now all of a sudden yeah. becomes a crime. Uh, oh, well, the, the provisions were really about those, because those were provisions. So they were, the VDA Act already existed, obviously. But the provisions were basically them going back in time. They're making excuses for things they're already doing. It was to make you know those things were supposedly already illegal. So they made those provisions in order to say, oh, well, those things are legal now because we've made them legal as of this moment. But they weren't back then. So they, they preempted it. They went back and they started going back in time to make up for the thing they already weren't supposed to be doing so, to give them legal precedence to do it. So that's sort of what that was. But I think that was actually under the Patriot Act, which is where that came from, I think, um, if, I, if I remember that correctly. The first one, not the second one that was just refined again. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's so many different laws that constitute that and just complete flagrant by, violation of freedom of speech. But, um, yeah, that's part of the Google. That's part of the Google trust, uh, the antitrust Google lawsuit too. Was that, was that I, uh, you know, them trying to censor or accuse the lower ones that were doing free speech of doing the thing that they themselves were doing. So right. that's you know that's how they do. So. Yeah, that's, that's their prime you goal. Want play, so. You want to play? Yeah, I've got it up. I've got it up now. So. Yeah, I'm gonna just. Guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign off for the day. I, Ty, I'm hugging you. Um, good stuff. Uh-huh. I, I, I've, I've listened to this first part of the Tucker interview. It's mind blowing. Um, I'll see you guys next week. I look forward to sharing some good news with y'all next week. Okay. All right. Love you. Sounds hey. good. We love you. you. Have a great day. Bye now. Thank you. All right. So we're just going to play this first, um, the first bit of this interview that we, we kind of listened to a later, um, a, a little bit later in the interview because it's a longer one. But I'm going to play the first mm, seven to ten minutes of this interview of Tucker Carlson interviewing what's his name again? Mike Benz. E N Z. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. The defining fact of the United States is freedom of speech. The extent this country is actually exceptional, it's because we have the First Amendment to the Bill of Rights. We have freedom of conscience. We can say what we really think. There's no hate speech exception to that. Just because you hate what somebody else thinks, you cannot force that person to be quiet because we're citizens, not slaves. 
But that right, that foundational right that makes this country what it is, that right from which all other rights flow, is going away at high speed in the face of censorship. Now, modern censorship, there's no resemblance to previous censorship regimes in previous countries and previous eras. Our censorship is affected on the basis of fights against disinformation and malinformation. And the key thing to know about these is they're everywhere. And of course, they have no reference at all to whether what you're saying is true or not. In other words, you can say something that is factually accurate and consistent with your own conscience. And in previous versions of America, you had an absolute right to say those things. But because someone doesn't like them or because they're inconvenient to whatever plan the people in power have, they can be denounced as disinformation and you could be stripped of your right to express them, either in person or online. In fact, expressing these things can become a criminal act and is. And it's important to know, by the way, that this is not just the private sector doing this. These efforts are being directed by the U.S. government, which you pay for and at least theoretically own. It's your government. But they're stripping your rights at very high speed. Most people understand this intuitively, but they don't know how it happens. How does censorship happen? What are the mechanics of it? Mike Benz is, we can say with some confidence, the expert in the world on how this happens. Mike Benz had the cyber portfolio at the State Department. He's now executive director of Foundation for Freedom Online. And we're going to have a conversation with him about a very specific kind of censorship. By the way, we can't recommend strongly enough. If you want to know how this happens, Mike Benz, B-E-N-Z, is the man to read. But today we just want to talk about a specific kind of censorship. And that censorship that emanates from the fabled military-industrial complex, from our defense industry and the foreign policy establishment in Washington. That's significant now because we're on the cusp of a global war. And so you can expect censorship to increase dramatically. And so with that, here is Mike Benz, Executive Director of Foundation for Freedom Online. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. And I, and I just can't overstate to our audience how exhaustive and comprehensive your knowledge is on this topic. It's almost, it's almost unbelievable. Um, and so if you could just walk us through how the foreign policy establishment and defense contractors and, and DOD and, and just the whole cluster, the constellation of defense-related, publicly-funded institutions stripped from us our freedom of speech. Sure. You know, one of the easiest ways to actually start the story is really with the story of Internet freedom and its switch from Internet freedom to Internet censorship because free speech on the Internet was an instrument of statecraft almost from the outset of the privatization of the internet in 1991, uh, we quickly discovered through the uh, efforts of the Defense Department, the State Department, and our intelligence services that people were using the internet to congregate on blogs and forums. And free speech was championed more than anybody by the Pentagon, the State Department, and our sort of CIA cutout NGO blob architecture as a way to support dissident groups around the world in order to help them overthrow authoritarian governments as they were sort of billed. Essentially, the internet, internet free speech allowed kind of insta-regime change operations uh, to be able to facilitate the foreign policy establishment's State Department agenda. Google is a great example of this. Google began as a DARPA grant uh, by Larry Page and Sergey Brin when they were Stanford PhDs. And they, they got their funding as part of a joint CIA-NSA program 
to chart how, quote, birds of a feather flock together online through search engine aggregation. And then one year later, they launched Google and then became a military contractor quickly. Thereafter, they got Google Maps, purchasing a CIA satellite software, essentially. Uh, and the ability to track, to use free speech on the Internet as a way to circumvent state control over media over in places like Central Asia or, or all around the world was seen as a way to be able to do what used to be done out of CIA station houses, or out of embassies or consulates in a way that that was totally turbocharged. And all of the Internet free speech technology was initially created by our national security state. VPNs, virtual private networks to hide your, your IP address. Tour, the dark web, to be able to buy and trail, uh, sell goods anonymously. End-to-end -end encrypted chats. All of these things were created initially as DARPA projects or as joint CIA-NSA projects to be able to help intelligence-backed groups to overthrow governments that were causing a problem uh, to the administration or the Bush administration or the Obama administration. And this plan worked magically from about 1991 until about 2014 uh, when there began to be an about-face on Internet freedom and its utility. Now, the high-water mark of the sort of Internet free speech moment was the Arab Spring, in 2011, 2012, when you had this one by one, all of the adversary governments of the Obama administration, Egypt, Tunisia, all began to be toppled in Facebook revolutions and Twitter revolutions. And you had the State Department working very closely with the social media companies to be able to keep social media online during those periods. There was a famous phone call from Google's Jared Cohen to Twitter to uh, not do their scheduled maintenance so that uh, this, so that the preferred opposition group in Iran would be able to use Twitter uh, to, uh, to to win that election. So it was an free speech was an instrument of statecraft from the national security state to begin with. All of that architecture, all the NGOs, the relationships between the tech companies and the national security state had been long established for freedom. In 2014, after the coup in Ukraine, there was an unexpected counter coup where Crimea and the Donbass broke away. And they broke away with essentially a military backstop that NATO was highly unprepared for at the time. They had one last Hail Mary chance, which was the Crimea annexation vote on, uh, in, in 2014. Uh, and when the hearts and minds of the people of Crimea voted uh, to join the Russian Federation, that was the last straw for the concept of free speech on the Internet in the eyes of NATO. As they saw it, the fundamental nature of war changed at that moment. And NATO at that point declared something that they first called the Gerasimov Doctrine, which was named after this Russian military general uh, who they claimed made a speech that the fundamental nature of war has changed. You don't need to win military skirmishes to take over Central and Eastern Europe. All you need to do is control the media and the social media ecosystem because that's what controls elections. And if you simply get the right administration into power, they control the military. So it's infinitely cheaper than conducting a military war to simply conduct an organized political uh, influence operation over social media and legacy media. An industry had been created that spanned the Pentagon, the, the British Ministry of Defense, and Brussels into a organized political warfare outfit, essentially infrastructure that was created, initially stationed in Germany and in Central and Eastern Europe, to create psychological buffer zones, basically to create the ability to, to have the military work with the social media companies 
to censor Russian propaganda or to censor domestic right-wing populist groups in Europe who were rising in political power at the time because of the migrant crisis. So you had the systematic targeting by our State Department, by our IC, by the Pentagon, of groups like Germany's AFD, the alternative for Deutschland there, and for groups in Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Now, when Brexit happened in 2016... Okay, all right. It, well, now we're spinning off a little bit. I, I, I mean, that's we can continue a little bit, but that's so much info to, to take in. I don't even want to introduce pre- Brexit into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, kernel there, I think, is the what my takeaway is that Google and social media is being used as a tool of intelligence operations to influence the outcomes of elections or who's in office, and it's all about I, mind I, control. Well, exactly, and that's why I think it's just a slight bit, you know, deeper than that. And I'll let you go in a second, Ty. Is that this, you know this isn't just about um, elections; it's about human behavior, right? Like yeah. how how you act, how you. Uh, it, it was like I said; it's just you know it's a psychological experiment, also. And I think that the next one mm-hmm. that they did was COVID, right? And so. This is about about controlling the people full stop. It doesn't, you know, it, I mean, and there's all kinds of ways that they um, that they influence us, that they control us. And elections really are one of them, one way that they do it. But um, all right. Rant over. Uh, Ty, do you have any thoughts? Um, yes. I mean, I think it's part of why we we're so kind of lenient about what is I don't, I don't know if you, but we, we become a lot more lean about, like, what is posted on Facebook. And, like, you know, we are, there's, there's a lot of people in the community that are like, but PSYOPs, but PSYOPs, but PSYOPs. Like, right, but everything can be used as that. Anything that they give you is a PSYOP. Like, you're, you're using Facebook to tell people about a PSYOP. Facebook is a PSYOP, too. So, like, that doesn't – you know what I'm saying? Like, everything can be – everything can is influenced oh. and given to you because you're not the creator of it. You're not, you're not the one right. creating it. So, at a certain point, you have to use what you can and know that – I know that everything they're giving you is going to be. We lost I just, you. Yeah, we lost him. I would, I would say rather than saying everything is a psyop, I'd say Facebook is a convenient way for them to track who's saying what and who thinks what, scary as that is, as well as the spread of ideas, just the monitoring of ideas of who's thinking what. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ty's back. Hold on. Uh, the headphones died. Um, oh, okay. All right, good. Glad you're back. They died. Um, so, the, so everything, everything is controlled, and, and so like everything they, we use, we know that they're listening or they're waiting for. That's why I was like, the only real critique I have is people. Like, I learned this from Christopher Hitchens early, which is to stop calling them the intelligence agencies because that's actually a disrespect to the word intelligence. But um, for sure. <laughs> That's just sort of or the elites, like, mm. stop calling them the elites. I really have to. Yeah, you know. yeah we call them the secret service oh. or the shadow mob. Call them what they are, because they want to be called. Yeah. They want to be feel like they're like distinguished and high. Now you're you're a tacky mob who's trying to control people and act like you're you know, acting like they're heroes. <laughs> they're not. So it's like, it's just good to insult them when you can. Like and that's the best way to do that. Is just not give them credit where they don't deserve any credit. They just don't. So, mm. um, and it's just funny <laughs> to me to like see how that 
plays out because it is, I mean, everything is controlled, and then when they can't control it, they then issue punishments for their inability to control something. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Like, oh, this is. And they make up excuses for why. Oh, we have to do this because national security. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know we know their excuses by now. It's just all excuses. It's all it is. Anything they can use as a means of control, they're onto it. They're just happy to do so. Absolutely happy to do mm-hmm. it. So disgusting. It's disgusting repulsive behavior. It's like uh, it's hard to it's hard to like be optimistic about. It, but at the same time, we can't be. We like, we've learned to use it. Still works, doesn't it? We still get the information out, despite the fact that it's controlled. We, they can't control everything. The point of what they do is mm-hmm. they want you to think that they have complete control when they don't. They don't have complete control. They just want people to think that, so they'll give up. So they don't utilize what they have. So well, figure out how to do that, and they don't like it. So they're they're trying to issue a punishment for us knowing that. Really, what it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and journalism is one of the main ways to counteract that. And well, I think that's what Mike Benz was saying. They they were not they were not seeing down the road and realizing, oh, we're setting up all this surveillance apparatus. We can monitor what people are saying. But then people actually are speaking their minds, looking into what's true and sharing the truth and they're they're not gonna be able to control it. They just can't. It was, used, it was used to reverse reverse function as well. Like they forgot that, that everything they do is a two way street. It's just as uh, Fanny Willis is learning right now. Um, we're going to go after Amen. Trump and talk, and I'm going to take him down. Oh, did you forget we can look into your background? And as it turns out, Ikes. So <laughs> might want to watch that. Want to might want to make sure your skeletons are out of your closet before you start coming for other people's. Because it turns out that yeah. might not might, that might rebound on you a bit. So now she's whining yeah. because. She made all these flagrant attempts to go get Donald Trump, and then when people pulled up her record, all of a sudden, she was mad. Oh, now your life is private. How interesting. But nobody else's is. Huh? Your political opponents are, but yours is. How that works. Mm-hmm. So you're going to learn today. So she did, and she's really angry about it. Well, that's a lesson to all liberals and all conservatives alike. When you dox people, now this is starting to go viral now. When you dox people, you will be doxed back. And now doxing is people, people that start doing that are going to go to jail. You're going to start going to jail for it because that's, that's actually a right cannot publicly dox people. You cannot out them. You cannot there's – there's, there's specific laws on the books. You cannot make people's life public on purpose because you don't like them. That's just not – that's not a right you have. You can start, you start keeping people getting in that mode. <laughs> start coming to me and understanding it's not an ability you guys have to do. Unless you're a public so. figure. Unless you're a public figure. Unless you're a public figure. But even then, certain stuff you can't disclose. You can't just disclose people's public, private medical information. You can't tell – you know what I mean? You can't no, yeah, that's their, their exactly. school records. You can't do things like that. People still have rights to privacy, even if they're criminals. You can't just because I mean, whatever you remember, as we talk about, anything you use against another person will be used on you in Prudencia. Don't set the precedent. Set the precedent and start whining later about it. Oh, because that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Anything you use yeah, on another rem- person will be used on you. So. Mm-hmm. I remember when Tucker he had to move, I think, because his address became public and he was getting death threats and stuff like that. Oh, no. yeah. But, and then just people around them, people that are related too. to them, they'll start, they'll start blackmailing their families and their children. And no, you can't do that. You yeah. can't do it. Well, it's also like when they were starting to go after, um, what's his name, Rittenhouse, and then people like that. We're just going to dox minors. You can't attack minors. You can't do that. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what they are. They're minors. You can't attack them. You can't do that. <laughs> You're grown ass adults. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's insanity. Come on. Literally insanity. If you tell a story. 
If you yeah. tell a story and some of the white supremacists, then even if they were attacked and they shot somebody who was freshly out of a mental institution who said they're going to kill him or rape him or something, well, that's fine. Okay. Just, uh, this yeah, is the only thing I'll say on it. This is the only thing I'll say on it is that I thought it was really, really cute how they, how the powers that be, I'm not going to call them elite, got people, you know, a, a very big group, a mob, we can call it, of people to believe that a child is the villain and a, an, an actual pedophile went to jail for pedophilia, was convicted, charged convicted of pedophilia. That's the, that's the victim in this. Mm. Like, I thought that was really cute how they turned that around and, you know, people believe, yeah. a mob believe that a child is the victim and a pedophile is, I'm sorry, a, a child yeah. is the villain and a pedophile Well, we had to ignore that part. Remember, it's not that yeah. they, they refuse to acknowledge that part. That's the part we keep bringing up. Like, it's not that he, like, we, they keep bringing the fact that he shot them. We're like, yeah, but who did he shoot? We asked them who was it that he shot. They're like, that's not the point. It specifically is. <laughs> it's specifically that's why nobody cares. Do you see why nobody cares? Because there's no yeah. reason for the two, because he didn't do anything wrong. He was supposed to do that. That's exactly the problem. So, it's, it's, but that's the problem with people who want things to be true. They have problems with details. Details really get people. They don't like details, because that might disprove their garbage. So they don't really like that. They have to have yeah, their little ideology. People, I, this is why ideologies are dangerous for that reason. If yeah. people get emotional enough, they won't even look into it because they're so repulsed by it and they're so angry yes. about it that they won't even yeah. look at the facts or footage, yeah. actual video footage, which I think should be the standalone thing to judge by. Well, right. So I was, but they're looking I at their own facts. They just, they just like the things they like, you know, there's other, they're just acknowledging facts. They're omitting some of the facts yeah. they don't like. Like my ex did. You're just like, I like right. this part of that. Yes. But here's the other four parts that can't just be acknowledged, well, just acknowledged because you don't thing. like them. They're still there. So you have to kind of acknowledge it's, them anyway. Right. As much as we want to make fun of and minimize the impact of these so-called intelligence operations, they are powerful and they've, spent a lot of time, a lot of money, and had a lot of expertise go into how to manipulate the public mind. For sure. And that's the bottom line. What are we dealing with here? Who are these people? And our conversation last week sparked some research for me this week, and I started looking into Project uh, Operation Paperclip, rather, because oh, I just that's couldn't fun believe it that we have Nazis who helped start our intelligence agencies. And but those are good Nazis. No, I mean, that's total satire, just if I need a satire. Well, yeah, I know they, but they did say that. That's how they sold it to the American people. They were just following orders. They, they were good, not even, you know, they were just caught up in something. But actually, a lot of these people were really close to powerful things that were happening, human experimentation. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, running the concentration camps. And these are really, really bad people. And I gave you a clip, if we want to just explore the origins of the CIA for a moment, that Annie uh, Jacobson wrote a book about the origins of Operation Paperclip. If you want to just... Sure, there's all those great lectures on YouTube, everyone, if you want to watch those. They're great lectures. She's got like seven series of them. They're so good. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and is it in this the, is one of them. The green and then room? I want to also just explore 
these CIA-backed coups. And I got a little clip here. I found a clip about how we did regime change in Iran. Probably a lot of people are. One example out of many, many, many regime changes, regime change coups that are CIA. Yeah, we could do like a three-hour show on them. Yeah. But these are just okay, a little so, bit of an intro. I'm and then I want to just explore the, the people who are in power right now who are supporting Nazis. Because it's really unbelievable. Right. Such a thin, the mask is so thin, especially Trudeau the, and the Canadian oh, Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland. Um, I'm looking for it now. I see the, Kate, I see the timestamp. Yeah, I, I, just, don't. I gave you a screenshot with a timestamp on it. But I don't if see you the want, link. I didn't send, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. send you a link. Okay. No, this is perfect. This is like great because um, I know right where to go. Yeah, because I had that problem before. Um, and I did want yeah. to, I, I'm sure we'll still have enough time, but I did want to um, remember, um, go back, and we've already done um, a series on this before, but I really want to start um, another series on the four agreements. And um, so if we can't get to it today, we still have more than an hour, But so I can't see why we wouldn't. But I would like to play the first agreement, um, you know, if we can. And I'm looking for your link. Do, 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 you, I sent you a screenshot so you could look it up. It's Annie Jacobson Operation Paperclip. That's okay. what it's called. Right. If you want, I can get you an exact link. I'm looking. Anyway. So. Um, we'll, we'll figure well, out a system. That will be more smooth. I'm definitely guilty. I mean, I, I, Let's, yell about that all the time. People that were like, that's, that's why the whole Nazi narrative makes sense to me. They used to yell, over, "These people are Nazis." Remember, we defeated the Antifa. We—that's how we defeated the Nazis. You didn't. You hired them at MIT, NASA, and Harvard. You hired them. You didn't do anything. Mm. You didn't. <laughs> you funded them, and yeah. then you hired them. So I'm not sure where this idea that you defeated these people are. I'm not sure where that came from. But the documents show the exact opposite of any such thing. So that's just wishful thinking mm. on people's side. I don't. I don't know what they're. Right. I don't know where they're getting that, but. Well, and the the excuse was, well, the Soviets will just take them if we don't. So we have to maximize our use of their knowledge. But then what about their orientation, you know, psychologically and their belief systems? Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. If you've got it lined up, why don't you just play it? Uh, No, not quite. Um, I've found the video and I'm... Fast forwarding to the timestamp, but so uh, I'll be another okay. few, yeah, like 30 seconds or so. Okay. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 1,600 Nazis, Nazi war criminals in our intelligence and scientific field. It's really incredible. And one thing that I've heard Education. is that. NASA, uh, I mean, we put them everywhere. We put them anywhere we could, anywhere we could that we wanted to put them, that they served a function. It's, it's just funny that we're like, we defeated those people. I'm like, oh, that's just a complete lack of study. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you very funny. did. I'm, it's very funny. I'm ready if you guys are. Yeah, and one other thing was that what Annie was saying was that the Nazi strong suit was biological weapons 
and human experimentation, whereas the so-called Jewish expertise was in the technology aspect of the weaponry. But the, their main thing was biological, like human experimentation and psychological torture and stuff like that. So something else gotcha. to think about when you think about COVID. Well, and, metaphys- like and metaphysical too. They, they like psychic stuff and supernatural stuff and, you know, they're, in, they're into that. They're into that. So. Psychological. Yeah, I would love to. I was- I would love to at some point, I'm going to play this in one second, but I would love to, Ty, at some point, do um, a um, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars um, episode where we just talk about Ooh, that, that. Yeah, right. And so we play play good this one. clip and then we stop and, you know, I guess explain the diagrams. I don't know, fast forward through the diagrams. Anyway, here we go. Um, Operation Paper Clip 321. Okay. Publish this photograph. I'm happy to show it to you here. There he is shaking hands with Himmler, with Hitler in the forest. I'm sorry, and who is this? Uh, I think she'll talk about it. Okay. All right, cool. But ultimately, I was able, through the, that sort of detective work and finding out about Dr. Schieber's participation in Paperclip, and I was able to get that list, and there it is. That's the official list of all the high-ranking chemical weapons experts on Hitler's uh, roster who ended up working as part of Paperclip. And just a fascinating photograph of Schieber that his family shared with me, and that's when he was working for the CIA. So people often ask, how could this have happened? And um, this is why. You know, there was a very real threat, and that was the Soviet Union. And the threat was thermonuclear war. Um, very quickly, the Cold War heated up, and all of those criminals that we had sent to prison, well, we needed Germany as an ally, and so John McCloy, U.S. High Commissioner, he left his position as President of the World Bank and agreed to go to Germany to serve as High Commissioner, and he released the majority of those convicted Nazi war criminals. They had been in Landsberg Prison, those are the uh, unmarked graved, graves of the 486 who had been hung, but he released a lot of them, including Ambrose. I found this picture to be incredibly disturbing. That's Ambrose. I told you the A for Ambrose and sarin gas, Hitler's favorite, favorite chemist. He was running the managing the Auschwitz III Buna factory. Um, he was actually tried at Nuremberg. He was convicted of mass murder and slavery. There he is in a Nuremberg photograph laughing with his lawyers. Perhaps he had foresight and knew that he would be given clemency by U.S. High Commissioner John McCloy, released, and he would become later uh, on contract with the U.S. Department of Energy. Some of the doctors were such hot potatoes, that was the actual term that they used, if someone couldn't come to the United States. And so they were sent to this facility outside Frankfurt. It was a black site. I sort of think of it as the original post-war black site. Um, And that is where we worked on enhanced interrogation techniques with Soviet bloc prisoners. Ultimately, this program would become known as the infamous MK Ultra program. But it began here much earlier than thought and lo and behold who were the two physicians at Camp King Dr. Schreiber released from the Russians many thought he was a Soviet mole 
and Dr. Kurt Bloma. But the reason that Bloma got the position was because Schreiber came to the United States. And this was one of the most horrifying moments to, to, to research and report was that Dr. Schreiber, whose specialty was actually lethal phenol injections, uh, was a quick way to get rid of someone at a concentration camp. He oversaw those experiments. We knew it. We couldn't prosecute him at Nuremberg because he was uh, in the Soviet Union and he actually was a witness for the Soviet Union at the Nuremberg trials. But now he was on the American team and he was sent to America to this place, um, the U.S. Air Force School of Aviation Medicine at Randolph Field. Harry Armstrong, whose photograph I showed you, he had set this place up. This would become the bastion of, aer of U.S. aerospace medicine, ultimately. And um, when Dr. Schreiber, the former Surgeon General of the Third Reich, arrived in the United States, and here's where circumstance plays into the story. I really love when fate and circumstance work in a very interesting way that perhaps justice cannot. Schreiber, there's a small article in a Air Force medical journal about him, and it just describes him as an ex-Soviet prisoner. This is the former Surgeon General of the Third Reich. That's what it says about him, a little hubris that he had agreed to or wanted to have this article there. And who happened to read that journal at that exact time, at that moment in time in 1951, but Dr. Leopold Alexander, the chief uh, war crimes prosecutor from the doctor's trial. And he was outraged and he called up Harry Armstrong, who is now the Surgeon General of the U.S. Air Force and says this man is a Nazi war criminal and there must be some mistake. But there is no mistake. Schreiber is working among these guys, 34 of whom are at Randolph Field working on U.S. Um, space medicine and they don't want to have to call attention to this and they do not want to have to let go of Dr. Schreiber. Okay, that's probably a good place. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. It kind of explains a lot that's going on, like why we're kind of being tortured by our own government. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. As horrible as it is. Right. And that goes right into um, silent weapons for quiet wars, right? Like that is, you know, also a psychological experiment. Um, and there's a lot of people who came over and needed jobs, you know, um, good Lord. And of course they were like the most egregious war criminals and oh my gosh, that's insane. Well, the main takeaway mm -hmm. from silent weapons is of course that the war is not meant to end. It's meant to be continuous. It's supposed to win exactly. the wars. They're supposed to be endless wars. That's the whole point. Yeah, oh, right. Well, yeah, it, exactly. And wars against the person, you know, that that's a, a big part of it too is that they want the population. Yeah, that's why they're the called silent weapons. It's, it's not. It's not an overt war. It's a, it's a weapon on your mind and your spirituality and your. Yeah. The and the training of your energy. The whole point of the. If you read the, the actual end of 1984, there is no. That's why everyone hated that, or they were so terrified of that book. He was trying to instill in them that the that is the fear that the totalitarian had eventually destroyed everything. It had taken every every, every refuge. The the darkness had closed in around them to the point where, like in North Korea, they had lost the ability to formulate what freedom was. Even though they didn't yeah. have it, they lost the ability to even think of it. They didn't even know they couldn't understand the concept of freedom. So 
that's that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> that's really the totalitarian Amen. we're trying to talk about. Amen. It's yeah. a breaking of your spirit and morale. It's a breaking of it. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Could I share a little bit about Nazi influence in government right now just to um, build on that last clip that we listened to? Yeah, and, and, and so you, you did send another clip, too. Would you rather me play the clip? Yeah. Well, okay. that is, that's about CIA-backed coups. So it's all okay. related, and I'm trying to – that's definitely related to Mike Benz. I'm trying to create, I don't know, some kind of cohesion here, but there's just so much to think about. It's so mind-blowing. And this was the one that I wanted to share last week. So I'm just going to send you this link right here. Okay. Let me know when you got it. Okay, so if you could go to 25 and 22 seconds, so 25 minutes and 22 seconds, information about the Canadian Deputy Prime Minister at the time last year, I, I don't know if it's the same one now, Christian Freeland, now her grandfather's publication was funded by Hitler's Information Ministry. He worked under Goebbels and lived in a seized property of a Jew in Poland. He supported Nazis, and she was called out about this and lied about it. So that's what this clip is. Okay, almost there. Now, every time I hear Gurgles, I think of Gargamel, so I just wanted everyone to think of Gargamel. So I'm just like, so when Gargamel said. <laughs> I think of Gerbils. Like, yes, I, I, I just uh, think of Gargamel think... From, from the Smurfs. That's what I think of. I'm just like, oh, Gargamel. Yeah, I know him. Oh, was he was he like a villain? I don't remember that. He was the, he was the villain like of it. the Smurfs that would keep trying to eat him and try to put him into soup. That was him. Oh. Okay. Oh, lovely. Uh <laughs> The clip's just about there, but just before that, whenever I read um, Tyranny, I read Tranny. I I don't – that's my <laughs> thing. But, uh, all right. There we go. Three, two, one. And the next uh, NATO Secretary General, the one being put forward by the U.S., is the Canadian Deputy Prime Minister, Christia Freeland, who – I don't want to call her a Nazi, but she definitely is pretty enthusiastic about Nazis in Ukraine. Her grandfather, her grandfather was a Nazi. I mean, her grandfather, grandfather Michael Chomiak, indirectly worked for Adolf Hitler. Yeah. His publication, in which was in based in Ukraine and in Poland, was funded through Hitler's information ministry. He worked under Joseph Goebbels. He lived in the seized property of a Jew in Poland. He supported the Nazi Germany, and she lied about it. And then two Russian diplomats in Canada who brought this up before the media were deported for telling the truth about her. And not only that, she worked for the Encyclopedia of Ukraine, which her grandfather, Michael Chamiak, started. And if you look in the Encyclopedia of Ukraine, the way they talk about Stepan Bandera is pretty positive. Mm -hmm. The leader of the Nazi collaborator, OUNB forces. She also wrote for a Ukrainian diaspora publication. She was put up for this job when she was starting her journalistic career in Canada, which ran ads for neo-Nazi summer camps for youth, Bandera Summer Camp, which these ads in the classified section of the paper that would have Christia Freeland articles would actually have SS, Galicia SS logos and iron crosses. I mean, it's pretty sick stuff. And when the war erupted in February, 
she went out to a rally in Ottawa and held up an OUNB red and black flag, the flag of the Nazi collaborator partisan army in Ukraine. So this is the person that the U.S. is putting up, at least right now, has, has announced as its possible preference for NATO Secretary General. It really speaks to what NATO is and always has been. But, you know, moving moving along, I mean, there's just endless comments at uh, Davos, uh, you know, we're standing with Ukraine until this war is won by General James Cleverly, but here's a, a more, uh, I think, consequential figure, and it's, it's uh, the leader of Just Poland. That's okay. Andres Duda. Yeah. Okay. Oh, got it. There might be more, but that was the, that was so shocking. I've thought yeah. about that a lot, and this is actually not from this year's Davos, but from last year's Davos, and I've thought about it this whole year, that the person they wanted to have in charge of NATO was you know, you could observe that they're a Nazi supporter, that they're enthusiastic about Nazis. They're using Nazi insignia. Their grandfather was a Nazi. And they were deporting diplomats from Russia who were saying, hey, look, this is a Nazi. And this also relates to our conversation about the Putin interview. Mm-hmm. There's another. I think we were doing uh, just one interjection. Ty, you might be able to to um, remember, but I I know that we did um, a whole segment on this very very early on in the Ukraine war, so like about a year. Um, but we played clips of, of, about this exact thing about these Nazi you know youth camps. Um, and Ty, were you there for that, or was that Elizabeth? I can't remember. Because mm-hmm. we were because we were telling people who was funding them. <laughs> we we're like, where do you think they came from? That's where that funding. Yeah. And that's this is actually pre, it was the war in Ukraine. This was yeah. This was this was pre-war. This is when we were all whining about Crimea. Remember what Crimea was? This this leads directly from that Crimea when, when Crimea decided to join them again. Um, we decided, you know, what, we're going to fund their opposition. And then wonder where they came from, just like we did the first time. We're going to fund the Nazis and then be like, show up at the end and be like, we're here to help you randomly, um, even though we did nothing about that until the very end um, for yeah. some reason. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's one of those, like, we're funding those things on purpose and then being surprised later. And also, they usually yeah, right. ask people from NATO, ask anybody from NATO, what is NATO's function? Go, racist. That's not an answer. What is NATO's function? And then you research it. Oh, it's to invalidate the sovereignty of other nations. Thank you so much. Thank you for admitting that. That's what that. Is. That's the only function of it. <laughs> the only yes. function it does is to invalidate the sovereignty of other countries. That's exactly its function. That's what it is. People just don't want to admit that. They just don't want yeah. that. Which is why Russia wasn't a part of it. And then when Russia asked to be a part of it, they were like, "No, we don't like you because you're doing nuclear but, weapons testing, even though we are also doing that thing." Um, right. But we don't pay attention NATO to that. Organized, just, it's NATO was organized. Just stupidity all day. Yeah, Kate. Was NATO that? was organized to be used against the Soviet Union, to be a bulwark against the Soviet Union for the West, because they're such a threat. Ooh, we need our boogeyman so we can keep our weapons back as manufacturers and money and yachts and. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, so yeah, here just and, and just just to, like to to connect the points, just very quickly to connect the points. It's like okay, so if you're if you are really, truly shocked at the information that we just, you know, that's been presented uh, about Nazi, us supporting Nazis and Canada supporting Nazis and all kinds of people who you think are upstanding citizens supporting Nazis, um, just wait till you find out that we, we've already done it with Operation Paperclip. Like, it's, it's not new. It's not even 
what? This is really, what? Are we really being manipulated like this? Is like, you know, this is, this has never happened before. How were we supposed to know? Well, certain, most certainly has happened. And it's been happening since. Yeah, that's what I think. It was actually worse before. Like the fact that people don't, they don't process what that means. Like, no, I mean, they were hired at MIT, Harvard, NASA. Those are multinational corporate conglomerates that you're all dependent on. So isn't that worse than now? That seems worse, actually. But I don't know. And up come the board. Or just a continuation. All of your establishment, like it's the entire establishment, is all funded by those people. You're like, well, that's fine. Is it, though? I think that's actually worse than just radical Nazis in their trailer somewhere. I think it's actually much worse. Is organized, (laughs) multinational, corporate congregation. You know what I mean? That's actually, it's an astounding capacity, much worse. So I'm sorry, Exactly. Sorry, Kate. Yes, it just boggles, it just boggles the mind. So we we listen to Putin expressing outrage, indignation, and just simply drawing attention to the fact that Justin Trudeau led a standing ovation for a Nazi war criminal in Canada. And then afterwards, he said, "I didn't know." I wasn't aware of that. It was the Secretary of State, and they they actually encouraged the Secretary of State to resign because of it. And now it's totally coming out that Trudeau, Trudeau had full understanding of that. He knew, and I believe he, he he led the charge to give this guy a standing ovation. So here's somebody talking uh, about that. Just as bad as Macron in Paris, and we were arguing about that when I was, we were all in favor of Le Pen, and everybody's like, Le Pen supports Nazis. Now Macron supports Nazis. You just like the word right. liberal. But right. they're, they're scared of Le Pen because he was a conservative mm. and was trying to bring the, you know, the country back to its roots. And they're like, but that means she's a Nazi. So anytime any conservative person was challenging anybody in the right, Trudeau in Canada or anybody, they're like, Nazis, not everyone was Nazis. Didn't matter where they were, <laughs> Taliban, didn't matter. Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. I'm like, you know what? That's starting to lose its potency, guys. It's kind of starting to lose it. I'm just wondering. Yeah, or let's, let's at least be discriminating against what a Nazi actually is. If we're going to call a Nazi a Nazi, let's really exactly. let the potency of that sink in and be discerning. And you're saying this exactly. That would mean the people they like are Nazis, though. That's the problem is the people they like would be Nazis. And that's like, well, that's not, that can't be true. That Do you remember true. a few years ago so. there was some kind of animated short out that was like Punch a Nazi and there was music with it. It was really funny. What was that? What you hate. That's so weird. Okay, okay, what you hate. Don't like Nazis. That's exactly what that was. Very Daniel, quick story. Did you get that clip that I sent you? I did. I have it. I've got it queued up. Um, 3.22, you said, right? Uh, Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Yeah. But just very quick story. Um, Yeah. There is, there is a gas station right here next, you know, like the closest that's got the cheap cash price. I don't know if you guys have to deal with that stuff in your state, but you know, I've got to go to the cheapest gas station I can possibly find. Right. So for a year now, since the war started, this gas station has like this, okay, first of all, this billboard that just keeps flashing gas war, gas war, gas war. I'm not even kidding. Right now, it is on the, the, the premises of, of the San Diego sports arena. Um, and when you go to get gas, and of course I always go here because, you know, cash price, I've got a, 
a BMW with a big tank and I have to do mid-grade minimum. So it's $125 to fill up my, my damn car. So I have to go to wow. the cheapest place and I keep going and I'm seeing exact punch Putin. There's a, a punching bag, an actual punching bag with Putin's face with this like expression on his face and Putin, oh punch Putin for a dollar, two dollars. And I support Ukraine bumper stickers sold here, you know, and then and this this sign that just keeps saying gas war, gas war. Let me tell you, there is always a line at this place. It is nuts. So, Mm. you know, but just to your point about punch Putin, you know, like Mm. the gas station, which is insane to me that it's already that overpriced already, you know, crazy $125 to fill my tank. You know, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> they're getting people to pay more to, <laughs> at what? the gas station, right? Because By it's paying for it's two dollars. That's what the sign says above this gas station. That's my gas station that I go to all the time. And so, like, but like, my point is, is that gas is already insane. I do mid grade, and it's one hundred twenty-five dollars to fill my tank. There are other lots of other cars in San Diego. And so these people who are already paying out the nose for gas, they get the, these people to go in and punch a punching bag with Putin's face on it for oh. two extra dollars. What? what? Oh, that oh doesn't work. That, I mean, and we sell Ukraine stickers here, you know, like oh. what is going on? Like, how, yeah. I mean, I guess California, San Diego is pretty fluoride soaked, but you know, like I didn't think it was that fluoride soaked that it's gas is that expensive and you're going to pay, you know, two to $5 more to support this machine. That's insane. Anyway. Yeah, all right. I've got I, the tip here. Oh, I was just going to say really quick. There's a natural food store that I go to and a, and a coffee called Das Bog. And the mm-hmm. company is Russians that are living in the U.S., but they're Russians. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they put a, a sign up from the company that said, we support Ukraine on their display. So they just have to let people know, nope, we hate Putin. That's the way to do business these days, I guess. Because That's, the narrative yeah. is just so strong. I drive. I drive through a neighborhood to, you know, my, my kids go to a charter school, so it's only two days a week. But it, to, in order to get there, we have to drive through this, you know, very well-off neighborhood. Like, actual 1% live in this neighborhood. And there's this mm-hmm. street that we turn onto where, at gosh, now, I mean, because the holiday season, it went down a little bit. But um, now, um, and before, six Ukraine flags just on this one street. It's You know, it's the only place in San Diego that I've ever really seen that. I've seen, you know, a few places that support Ukraine, but like a whole street of very affluent houses in a row, basically, Mm -hmm. flying Mm -hmm. a Ukraine. And this speaks to what we're talking about today is the psychological operations of the CIA to create public consent for these orchestrated coups against foreign governments that have nothing to do with us. That is a product of CIA mind control at its very yeah. base. All right. Um, okay. Then I probably to... couldn't even find Ukraine on a map before last year. Yeah. Maybe a few <laughs> of them. I know I, I've met a couple of people who are of Ukrainian descent, 
who are passionate or display the flag. That I can understand. And of course, grieving for all those people who are dying. I mean, they're not all Nazis or even, if, you know, right. even if some of yeah. them are, they grew up that way or whatever. Who knows? There could be a but humanity yeah. aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. 400,000 plus Ukrainian males dying in combat. It's a whole generation. Yeah. So we've talked about that before. But anyway, here's what somebody... All right. How long of this do you want me to play? Okay. Awesome. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one in the House of Commons, the clip you just saw. So we knew, Trudeau knew, but now we have concrete proof that Trudeau actually invited Yaroslav Hanka to a reception in honor of the Ukrainian President Zelensky in Toronto. He was on the guest list. So if Trudeau invited him to the reception, obviously Trudeau knew he was going to be in Parliament, sitting in the House of Commons, in the gallery. And to blame the Speaker... Obviously, the speaker should be blamed. He was proud to have him there. And the speaker was too stupid to know that if he were fighting Russians in 1943, he... Was he, though? Sorry. Probably on the German side. But nonetheless, (laughs) Trudeau has never taken responsibility for this action. He should have resigned, like he insisted the speaker did. Now, conservative leader Pierre Polyev has said that in the House this week. Clearly, Trudeau knew. Is he going to resign like the speaker, like he told the speaker to do? Trudeau literally got up and left the House of Commons after responding in his usual way of distraction to say that somehow this was about the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress and Polyev was to blame for somehow he was behind all this. And Trudeau literally got up from his seat and left the House of Commons. He refused to answer another question on that subject he handed the bag to his house leader the government house leader steve mckinnon who then answered the rest of the questions that day in question period about this incident shocking absolutely but when it comes to justice Trudeau, i guess i'm through being shocked by his actions and so you know pierre paulia said well will will the prime minister that's good yeah okay that's good so the question is if he was telling the speaker of the house to resign over this now cue that's your cue, Justin. You can resign now since you're telling the other person to resign over this and you're the one who actually did this. But of course. No, it's, I mean, it's not, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's not going to. Why would he? But it's so funny to see anybody. It, it's just funny that people like Hillary Clinton are still around. Like, they're still around acting as if they've never done anything wrong. They're just, here's my, critic, here's my critique of, um, why are you alive again? Oh, right, because it's illegal to kill you. Um the nerve of certain people, but even beyond television, is hilarious to me. I don't understand where they get the audacity from. It's incredible. But that's the kind of people we have to deal with, people that have no shame. They wouldn't be, I wouldn't be caught dead in public if I was the Clintons right now. These people are still wandering around acting like they're the victims. They're the perpetual victims of society. Well, well, what's I don't also really know 150 here, people. What's also well, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know 150 people, people that are dead around me. I don't know I have that many people, so I'm not sure how – Makes you mm-hmm. the victim, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know. Well, this also goes to show you that Justin Trudeau is, in effect, a Nazi sympathizer, in a way. I mean, not in the sense of World War II. Yeah, not, well, does yeah he is. 
for sure. Yeah, not I mean not basically not not even like a sympathizer. He's a propping up their agenda in you know every day in every way in any shape and in any form. Yeah, putting a medal on an old guy is the least of our problems. But giving him a standing ovation and saying he's a great example of virtue because he was fighting the Russians in World War II. Just wanted to go a little deeper with that since we talked about it from the Putin interview. And it's just quite remarkable. Because I think everyone, I think it should be like required watching to, for everybody to see that interview. It's so good. It has so many good points. And you're totally right. And and I love that you went down this rabbit hole. And I, I definitely want to do a whole, um, we could do a whole three hours on um, you know, on the regime change aspect of it. Like it's mind mm-hmm. bending, like it's life altering. Even just, like, even just watching him uh, shop. I don't, th- I think people miss the part of just him watching him shop and like, there's an embargo except for at these grocery stores where you can still buy Snickers, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I hadn't seen that. Oh, wait. Oh, not that embargo. All right. Not, no, no, no. As long as we can make money still just, we can make money. So apparently money didn't get in the way of your little embargo, did it? Sure didn't. Right. Uh, Never does. Never seems to. Yeah, I wanted to do this. I wanted to dive into this because of our conversation last week. It was just so fascinating to me, this idea that the CIA is doing these coups against foreign governments, and the CIA was in in effect, partly a Nazi organization, or there was Nazis in the CIA, the Nazis helped found the CIA. So what does that say about us, that this is our muscle, this is our deep state, this is our shadow government? And they're asking We've been talking Um, about, we've been asking that question (laughs) before the first day of this show, you know, like, yeah, exactly right. And any any time, I think it's a win that if any time we can wake up somebody who had um, previously been under a different spell and and thinking that we weren't founded on Nazis and thinking that believing that our freedom lies in our ability to vote and thinking and believing that that vote, it, you know, it is, you know, com- infallible right like all of mm-hmm. these spells that's you know people not even yeah. knowing that we're bombing seven countries right now you know mm-hmm. we were we never there was no there was no start to world war three because we were never not at war i mean we never get to talk mm-hmm. about these things in regular platforms we just because i mean it was, it's because we share our opinions on a lot of things here but mostly we were while we were banned from facebook and places like that is because we were giving people documents they didn't read they just wouldn't read them and we're like, no, but here's yeah. what the document says, though. Here's what it says. Here's what the document physically says. Your CIA is, is, is unconstitutional. Your FBI is unconstitutional. Your standing military is unconstitutional. You're, you can't have a Department of Education. You can't get, free, you can't get health care from a government agency. The IRS is not part of your government. Your government is actually a corporation. These are facts. They're documented facts. People just don't like the implications of them. Or does anybody mm-hmm. else? Because that means what? That means a lot of regime change has to be happening right now, and the things they support are probably bad. So, but it's hard to come to terms mm-hmm. with that. It's really hard to come to terms with it. But we've given you plenty of time to do it. It's just, you have, but we're giving people an ability to do that. Like, that's the whole point of doing things like this, to show people there's a lot more, because we thought we had it figured out, too. When you dig in and yeah. dig in and dig in, it's not our opinions anymore. It's factual data we don't like, <laughs> which is not right. the same thing as an opinion. It's not the same thing. 
Like, we, like, I, I had trained myself to go, at. okay, I don't like this information. Well, I had trained myself to go, I don't like this information. This information is still true, so I have to factor it in. I can't just pretend it's not there because it's inconvenient. I can't do that. It's just, that's just not how you can live. Get yourself and everyone around you kill. It's dangerous to do that to people. It's dangerous. So it <laughs> you're pitching danger to trust the it CIA. It's you being, is putting yourself and other people in danger, and I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm just not going to. So I'm not going to get killed yeah. because you didn't bother to research the CIA for more than 10 minutes. I'm just not going to do that. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. So when people quote the FBI to me, I go, are you sure? Are you sure? Right. Because you need to be sure. When you defend the FBI to me, you need to be very, very sure you're doing that. Right. And I mean, my favorite you know, one. That big fight happened between me and this one guy. It was uh, this huge battle. Remember when I lost my first two accounts? Was that guy that kept trying to defend the FBI to me, and people were just ridiculing and laughing him off the Internet, and he started petitioning, going, I'm being harassed. No, you're an asshole who's defending a mob. Now stop it. It's embarrassing you're in public. Knock it off. Have some dignity. Have some self-respect. How could you possibly ridiculous. do that? What was he saying? Help them fix this computer. Which they do sometimes. They help people. Wait, 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 Kate. They help you fix things. That's what they'll do. They'll defend them, you know? So, mm. yeah. yeah, there's supposed to be an arm of law enforcement. I did call the FBI one time about somebody who was doing a romance scam that I found out about. He built a lady oh. of $80,000, but the FBI told me, they would not help unless it was at least 500000 They just didn't care. They don't care about people. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I was, they, they have a, I, there's I reported, a reason for them. There's a function for them. Yeah, I reported a, a Twitter file back in the day to the FBI because I just had no choice. A follower um, got, you know, got in touch with me and said, oh, I don't really know what to do. I just went to this public Twitter account, and the first thing I saw was a, a toddler – um, playing with male genitalia, like even mm-hmm. like it's not like she had to scroll down or push anything, any links or anything like that. It was just on a public Twitter account, and I sent it to because I I have you know I, I I understand that not everybody in law enforcement is evil, so I have some very good friends. I would consider them family. I would do anything for them. One of them is a, a retired police officer, but a career police officer in San Diego. So I said, oh, my God, what do I do? I just found this. And he's like, well, first of all, like, he kind of chastised me, like, why don't get me involved? I don't ever, you know, don't get me involved in these kind of things. And then told me exactly what to do, how to log the phone call, how to, you know, the date, you know, all of that stuff. But definitely send it to the FBI and definitely say that, you sent it, you know, you sent me knowledge of this information um, and everything has been fine since then. And, and the, fa- the Twitter account got taken down very quickly. So, you know, the only thing that I am sad about mm-hmm. is that there were 700 followers of this. Um, like, like, like if, oh, they're, if, if, if the thing they did was because they're purported to do a specific kind of job, if they just did that, that would be great. And there's plenty of good people who do work in the FBI, by the way. It's not like it's all evil people, yeah. obviously. It's just, that the, it's just that the function of them is completely manipulated against the populace on purpose. Yeah. And that's what you're yeah. not supposed to have. Like, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to have an FBI, regardless of what they do or what they could do. We can still do that now with the Internet. That's why doxing is popular now is because we're, we're able to do the same things the FBI does, just better, actually. We can right. crowdsource better than they can. We can do that better on the ground. 
Which is why that's all the bias and then hiding and then hiding the real information from people. That's why the the videos that happened at the the Miami Mall got leaked anyway. They couldn't contain that. Their lives couldn't. It was just a fight at the mall between. How come there's no video of that? Think teenagers who filmed that? Of course they did. And the actual video they filmed. Leviathans are going to leviathan. You know. Have you seen it? Wait, 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 wait. Have you seen the video that they actually filmed? Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, the Nephilim. From the Miami Mall shit, it's fucking horrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's the craziest shit you've ever... I didn't believe it. I just didn't believe it. It's like, that's not real. Yeah. That didn't happen. That didn't, it's fucking crazy. It's like a sci-fi movie. A portal just comes out of nowhere in the middle of this mall. People are screaming. Leave and running Florida. Like, Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, is it Florida, Miami, Florida, in the small – I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I saw. The, this portal just starts manifesting in the middle of the mall. People are running around. These, like, 10-foot creatures start flying out. of it. like, what the fuck is going on? Like, but why would yeah. it be in Florida? Would it be it in Florida? Really hard to if we were asked this question, why do you know why? Why would it be in Florida? Florida? That's the real No, 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 no. You know, here's, there's a specific reason. Do you know why? Mm-hmm. You reverse the coordinates. It's supposed to be in Antarctica. This shot. They're supposed to do it in Antarctica and accidentally reversed the coordinates and did it in Miami, Florida, right in that spot. Oh, yeah, I heard that, too. So do you think it was a real... doodle Do you think it was a real or some kind of projection? I thought it looked... I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was. It looked pretty real to me. Like, I, it's hard now because the CGI and the deep fakes and all that are so... They're so, like, it's, it's, it's hard to tell, but here's the thing. Talk's pretty good about that. I mean, like, they're pretty good about getting those videos out. They're pretty good. And it's very difficult to be like, and it's from several different people, too. They were like, no, this is what happened. <laughs> and, I mean, you have, to, you have to explain that presence of cops. Imagine they're not, they're not giving you an alternative version of what they said first. Where they said it was, it was just a brawl with kids there. If you had the entire fucking police force of Florida there for a little kid's brawl that nobody filmed, there's not one video of the, the original claim. We're like, well, what else could it have been? Nothing. They haven't given you any other explanation. One explanation they did give you, they have no resources to verify it. Yeah, the only other explanation is the one they have more. video for. I'm like, all the other kids that said they had filmed it, all the other kids that said they had filmed it, got home and all of their phones were wiped. Yeah. Interesting. That, that mm-hmm. How Friend interesting the, is that? Friend I wonder why you'd show, have to do that um, since they were lying, right? Since they were lying, you'd have to wipe their phones, right? How yeah. that works? Well, hmm, interesting. Friend, friend of the show, Craig Costa. <laughs> Here's something interesting. Friend of the show, Craig Pasta, um, was in uh, was there Jan- in D.C. on January 6th, and his all mm-hmm. of his pictures got wiped. Um, same thing happened. Mm. He, did, he did a documentary, not to his phone. I don't think I I could ask, but not to his phone. But residents of Maui had their phones wiped as well with the pictures, just wiped out of nowhere. You know. Oh my God. Yeah, it's clear that How they have interesting. How coincidental. Yeah. How coincidental. Yeah. That also just shows you how our phones and our computers are surveillance apparatus. Yeah, proof of the proof okay. negative show who it, it, is it, like it, the founder it, of this smart. network. Anything smart they have access to. They've, they have access to all the smart stuff we have. They have access to all the all the stuff we do. and all that. That's why it's funny to me when they're like, oh, this doesn't exist or this was a race. No, it wasn't. 
have it somewhere. Right. You have it somewhere. You're right. hiding. And the moment they want to use it on you, they're going to use it. All, all right. the cast I have where they said I didn't do these things or said it. I, oh, you didn't do that. You didn't say that at this time. I bet if I did something illegal, I bet you'll pull that shit up real quick. I bet you will. I bet you, you were able to pull There's a no soundbite from Trump right. in 1996. So that's pretty interesting. I think you can. I think you. I think you think we're stupid. We can't find Saddam Hussein, but we can take pictures of Saturn. No. Oh no, no. <laughs> I think they said that's that that's the, a. That's not how. I, I think they finally admitted that's that, that was a chorizo. That's what I mean. It's like you can't. Something is farther away, and you can take pictures of it, then you can do the other thing. You're just choosing not to. That's all there is to it. Yep. There's no yeah. excuse yep. for that. People aren't that stupid. You know what I mean? That's just not so, remedial logic skills. That doesn't make any sense. There's another so – just there's one more psychological operation that's going on right now, a nice, fresh one. Alexei Navalny, he is now the superstar of neoliberal – Facebook users, here's a friend of mine who I actually do like in real life, but, you know, I am trying to be careful of this relationship because she's so brainwashed. But she posted here, listen, I've got something very obvious to tell you. You're not allowed to give up. If they decide to kill me, it means that we are incredibly strong, Alexei Navalny. Did he say that? I don't know. Here's another post from her. Heartbreaking. This was the inevitable outcome as soon as Navalny made the decision to return to Russia, a choice he made freely to stand up to Putin and give the truth to the Russian people and the world. Such courage, integrity, and selflessness is a beam of hope and will be sorely missed. Probably knows absolutely nothing about Alexei Navalny except somehow... He's reposting this from Reuters and then from a friend, probably from MSNBC. I don't know. I don't know where the origins of this are coming from. But I checked out another source that said he was on parole for corruption so or probation. So he was on probation, and he was not actually imprisoned. He got sick. Putin allowed him to go to Berlin to get treatment, and then he stayed out too long past his uh, parole, and he went on vacation, did whatever he wanted, and then because he violated the terms of the agreement, he got put in prison. And so he's being made into this hero, but Putin let him leave the country, even though he was like a, a corrupt individual who was under surveillance for corruption. I would have to look up it, exactly what the terms were and what he did. And then here's another thing. Here's another thing. Let me find it really fast. Always a bummer for Westerners when they first learn about Navalny's anti-immigrant xenophobia and his role in Moscow skinhead marches. So, Apparently, he's considered a white supremacist. And then this was interesting, a comment on a video on YouTube from Redacted that was about Navalny. It's very striking that just two and a half hours after the news broke, Mrs. Navalny walked onto the stage at the Munich Security Conference, an event to prop up Ukraine and NATO, flawlessly dressed and gave a clearly well-rehearsed speech about the need to hit back at Russia 
defeat them and destroy the Putin regime, Putin regime is the way it's spelled, if we remove 40 minutes for security checks and makeup session, parentheses, people who talk at these events are always given extra make makeup for the spotlight and to look good on TV, and a bit of chatting with some leaders about the arrangements, we can safely say that she would have had only about an hour and a half or so from the time the news went public to arriving at the MUSC conclusion. She was already on the secret list of guests and meant to speak, but when the news broke, a new, uh, let's see, I think this is a typo, a new and new and special plan kicked in. Speedy presence indicates just how close she and Navalny team are to the U.S. NATO top brass. So, of course, that can mean a few things, but it sounds like yet another narrative to get us to support Ukraine. Whoever killed this person or if he died naturally because he was already sick, hence his trip to Berlin to get medical treatment. But she was obviously already prepped, ready to go, two and a half hours after his death. Get in timing because he's not doing well. Yeah, they wrote doing that before. Well in the polls, and so, you know, you have, you have the timing of the, of the political dissident, of, uh, which now we're going to fixate on. Well, see, Putin's bad because he killed a political dissident. Now let's go back to bombing Gaza. So, yeah, let's go back to Or Lira, Gonzalo Lira, just was killed for being a political dissident. Also, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter because that's Biden doing it. It only matters if it only matters if it's Putin or Trump. Right. It's the only time it matters. They can do whatever they want as long as their political opposition is not doing it. That's what it's the problem. Rules for thee, not rules for me. Every single time, right. every time. And also, so. <laughs> yeah, and Navalny apparently had like three percent support. He was not popular, and he was not. Putin's main competitor as far as the next election. He just wasn't. See, Putin's main competitor is the mayor of Russia, which I try to ask people about all the time. They're like, oh, who's the mayor of Russia? They're like, what? Stop talking. Thank you. Um, they don't know anything about Russian politics. They're just happy that somebody doesn't like Putin and somebody died. That's just <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about. The, the mayor of Russia hated Putin the entire time. That's been an entire war faction that's been going on for centuries. They just, people just don't know Russian politics. They just pretend to because they watch CNN one day. Just really irritating to me, but you know how it is. And this person, like, I mean, can you imagine you heard about Navalny dying and you post on Facebook? Heartbreaking. This was the inevitable outcome as soon as Navalny made the decision to return to Russia. What? Mm-hmm. You're going to say in your public mm-hmm. forum, mm-hmm. heartbreaking? Mm-hmm. Is your heart really broken? Like, do you think she was wearing a mask oh, the, when the she said that? The manufactured outrage? <laughs> manufactured outrage has, has, been a, has been a very good skill for years. It's something, it's something they sway our public. They pull on heartstrings. They get us to do a whole bunch of dumb shit. They've been doing that for centuries. That's, that's, that's Edward Bernays 101. That's PR, public relations, aren't they? Get women yeah. to smoke cigarettes and you know what I mean? yep. the whole deal, the whole deal. I mean, it's, it's just, oh, but, they're, but the, think of the children and send this money here. And, of course, it's philanthropy. You know, right. Well, and the that's idea why he, that we're, we could help, but we're not gonna do that. We just could if we wanted to, but we're not gonna do that. Of course. Well, okay, <laughs> Count but, money going all over the place. So, Kate, Kate, when you when you said earlier, like as soon as you said, um, 
you know, psychological warfare. You, you know, you had me um, because that's what we're doing in so many different ways, shapes, you know, ways, shapes and forms. I mean, in this, especially in this show, in this series with you now and Ty and with me, mom's a newcomer. You know, she still has some, you know, spells that she needs to break. But there are so many spells put on us, uh, you know, throughout history and, you know, backed up by his story, right? We take this, you know, history in class, but, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that's just part of our indoctrination. There's so many spells that we need mm-hmm. to break, including Nazi spells, mm-hmm. actually quite literally spells put on us by Nazis that we hired and is, you know, now in, in charge of, you yeah. know, of our you know, um, the of our enslavement, right? Like those are the people who are in charge of our country right now. That's why we, mm-hmm. you know, we're, it's so important that this stuff gets um, reported in whatever forum we can right now. Um, it, it's been a little bit trying that we don't have video on this platform, but, you know, I think this platform yeah. is the last one that's going to be taken out too. Like the last refuge for people who are looking for the truth. Radio, radio is going to be, we're going to need yeah. radio for a while. I mean, that's what it is. And it, it, it's good that we're giving ourselves credit for it because it's, it's difficult to do this. And we're one of the only countries, first of all, that can. And that's why a lot of people are reliant on us because we do have the most freedom of speech out of all the places. So it's like we can do it, but it, it is veils of illusion. So it's not just like yeah. here's an illusion. No, it's an illusion on an illusion on an illusion on an illusion on an illusion. So like exactly. it's multifaceted, multilayered, Not they all interconnect. So, so it's good to give each other credit for even being able to see it at all. So let alone what level Precise. anybody's at. It's like it's, it's good that yeah. we can even process it because it's so difficult to process. And it's daily. Right. And every day you learn yeah. about a new thing. It's like, oh, now there's this, and also there's this. And remember, remember Daniel, when we first learned how connected everything was? Like it was Titanic and Bigfoot and aliens and Satanists and pedophiles and everything. <laughs> and Taylor Swift. some things. Not like maybe, not like kind of magic or maybe Jesus, no, all of it. Every single thing is related. And you're like, wow, they really thought about everything. It's pretty right. crazy. It's been a century so to do it. People, the project was know, a new American them century. Them. They, took every, they took a century to do it. It's crazy. Right. It really is. Right. And these people call themselves but, the elite. And, and just real quick, and I'll give it back to you, Kate, but they call themselves the elite and perhaps, perhaps, need to look at it, all of this from their perspective and see how they got us in this position. Like, what is it? Sun Tzu's Art of War? Like, know your enemy. Like, when you really go down this rabbit hole and realize how many, you know, how this is so multifaceted, how, you know, the rings within rings within rings, my husband's mm-hmm. starting to, to realize that you know, little analogy from Ty is that all of this stuff is very <laughs> much connected, you know, and, and yes, to the, to the general public that says, Oh, we, we're, we're probably schizophrenic, right? Because they're, you know, paranoid and, and they're, mm. you know, trying to connect all of these things. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when, once you know that the medical medical community is totally like involved in this, and rings within rings within rings. It when you when you try to dissect this, you can't really do it um, as a whole. You have to go down. You have to get lead people down certain Travel rabbit holes. Each subject. Yeah, and each, let and them lead to each other. Yep. themselves. 
Because if not, you're going to sound like Alex Jones saying they're turning the frogs gay, you know? That's right. That was the the fabric softener has the estrogen, some kind of hormone disruptor or something. That's yeah. right. And leak from a factory that's making the frogs gay. Yeah, I don't. Remember we used to cover that. Remember we used to cover that all the time. Remember I made a full cast yeah. on it. What paranoia means? That's why they don't like mm-hmm. that. Paranoia means the ability to define connections between things that are seemingly unconnected. That's the definition. That's what they mock you. That's the definition of That's what it should be. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, because yeah, they think it means like, but what they're what they're what they're thinking of is what they're what they're they're, use, they're trying to use it as the pejorative, and the pejorative is the opposite called apogea, which is finding connections between things that are not connected. Like you're poor because white people. That's apogea. So. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Uh, it's just like a made-up bullshit thing. So. Okay, well, so the or okay, so the show point, or at least points us in the direction of what we're trying to figure out here, is that stuff is really happening, and if you connect the dots, you can draw the conclusion that we are under a spell. Oh, of that's documentation. Our opinions are just following documents that lead to each other. You just yeah. follow documents, they lead right to each other. It's not hard to do. People act like we're just making it up. Or we hold people to their own standards, and that's what really gets people. Like the left, when they're like, let's believe natives. Wait, except for when natives talk about Bigfoot? Are you trapped yourself there? <laughs> you get yourselves in traps when you're not paying attention to your ideology. you gotta, you got to watch that because, you know what I mean? Like you've got to go all the way or you're going to rebound on you. That's what's going to happen. The, nati- the natives call that Sasquatch, right? Yeti or whatever it is, or the whole point is that we're like we're supposed to believe natives, right? We're supposed to believe their story, right? But when they talk about things that you call conspiracy theories, do you still respect them or do you not? You see, yep. there your ideology yeah. has to kind of you got to go like, by your ideology, no honey. You either have it or you don't have it. It's one or the other. So yeah. you hold people to their standards, watch them back away because some people only have yeah. double standards because otherwise they wouldn't have any. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do you guys want to explore that that segment that I brought out about the American bat coups, or do you think we're just yeah, absolutely trudging over we've got, ground we've all been over? Okay, okay, and I'm not yeah, and I'm not saying that, to, that you should not have brought double negative. Sorry, um, all the other stuff that we've talked about before. Um, I love it. It's a great, um, you know, remembering of what we've talked about. The the regime change needs more than 20 minutes, and that's all that we've got left. I would love to. It could be three hours. You know what I mean? The history of Iran, we could just, like, watch that just to tickle our minds with the fact that, you know, people in power are right now gunning for Iran. Remind ourselves about the history. Does that make you remind you of John McCain when he was like, bomb, 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 Morant? Does it yeah. make you need him? Oh, I can't stand that. That was kind it. of the first thing I thought also. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Even, okay. Anyway. You know, I, I'm going to have to um, say that definitely I want to um, rediscover that, and we can do a whole two hours on this. 
or however long you want, but let's save that for, um, for next time, if that's okay. Okay, so let's just tie it together then with our conversation about the CIA and mind control. And ultimately, a lot of that has to do with regime change wars abroad and creating consent for them and getting people to think that they are just wars. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the re- part of the reason I ran for Congress. Like, that's a good, like, a good amount of the reason I ran for Congress was uh, exposing that. And, mm-hmm. you know, after I realized, after, you know, the, the wars, I was just anti-war. And then I realized how war was so, um, you know, uh, accepted by the American people. And I had to go mm-hmm. deeper. Why, why, you know, me as a mother, I could not justify in any way shape or form sending my children off to die for these causes Mm -hmm. i just i just couldn't do it and so i had to dive deeper into why mothers and fathers and communities um would (laughs) and tribes would send their children off for these off you know to to die in these wars and um you realize that it was much sooner than world war ii that that this kind of research and um, uh, studies on large populations were, um, you know, were implemented. It's really an, an interesting and, and necessary um, topic. And I would, I would love to get together uh, with you and, and tie it all together because it all has to do with mind control and it all has to do with, Mm -hmm. you know, the story of our enslavement. And if we can break out of that mm-hmm. um, and try to figure out reasons or not reasons, uh, but ways to, to wake up the population, that's what this show mm-hmm. is all about. Oh, and here's one other uh, thing that I discovered this week. If I could just describe this to you all. Last mm-hmm. week we were talking about Ukraine's origins and what happened when they broke off from Russia. So I was researching this because our guest said something, or I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Lily said that Stalin had given it to the Germans or Poland or something like that. So I looked into it and there was a treaty in order to end world war one, where Lenin gave control of Ukraine to Germany. That was their, that was how they ended World War One because the bloodshed was so horrible. It was a terrible, violent, disturbing war. There was just so much death, and Lenin wanted it to stop. And, of course, horrible timing because this was the beginning of the Russian Revolution that ended up being also very, very brutal. But that's what happened. Ukraine was given to Germany in order to World War One. And the Russians were so desperate to stop the war. And that's, that was their compromise. So these roots of Ukraine being Nazi sympathizers, being tied to Germany, they do go back to World War One. Precisely, right? So that's definitely... And, and of course, we've talked about the Rothschild letter many times, you know, on, on this show. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
yourself for a Right, exactly. Right. So if anything bad ever happened again, you know, this place would be given back to Israel. And so is it, is it any wonder that World War II actually started? Right. So this is, again, to Ty's points, rings within rings. Right. Like this is a necessary history lesson mm-hmm. for people who have not, you know, not gone down this rabbit hole. World War One. Um, nobody wanted to get into it. I mean, nobody want the populace did not want to get into any of the major wars in the 20th century. Like they didn't know they were happening. More yeah. importantly, they didn't know they were happening. This is a lesson for the that's Generation right. Zs and Alphas who've never had to live through wars like this, or really millennials. But all the, all, what everything has shown us with history is that while those world wars were happening, it wasn't labeled wasn't labeled World War something until after yeah. the end. Not while it was happening. It oh, so you're already in it now. You're already in World War Three. It's mm-hmm. already happened. It's already it's already begun. Russia will take yeah. that river. They're they're about to they're about to by the end of this weekend they're going to take it. Ukraine will be a part of them. They will. It's going to happen. Be prepared. It's going to happen. You heard it first. I'm telling you now. It will. So it's it's this is going to spiral. And because people aren't back, the United States can't throw its weight around anymore. And it's throwing a tantrum because it can't think it's going to be able to and people are just falling away like stones and it's just you're in for a new world everyone you're in for a new world you're going to have to adapt to not being a superpower anymore it's going to have to do it well, and i don't crazy. know how to get people to understand just don't know how it's to get so them to understand crazy. it but they're going to have to just really soon so isn't it weird how israel has now stepped up and did that template that the Nazis created of genocide? No, and... no, he was an actual psychopath. That no, he was the absolute psychopath, and everybody sees it. Everyone around him is like, "Are you crazy? Are you literally insane right now?" Biden was was caught on record screaming at him in the office because he's crazy. Netanyahu was absolutely insane. He's an insane person. So it's just like you're bombing. You're literally just bombing civilians at will now, threatening to bomb Egypt. You're bombing everywhere, just everywhere he could. I'm like, you are a literal. This is what happens. It's called a narcissistic injury. People come out right. and you get a bomb. You just get a bomb. hysterical, hysterical, <laughs> crazy nonsense. You're like, oh my god, dude, this is going so bad for you. They're losing. They're losing, and they know they're going to lose. Israel's not going to win. They're just not going to. It's not going to happen. Everywhere the United States supports is, is failing. They're, not, they're failing in Israel. They're failing in Ukraine. And everybody's just going, are you done? You done? The United States is like, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. They're like a spoiled toddler. Flip the table over because just, they're losing. I'm, just remember that the, when, the Roman Empire that. Really failed, when the Roman Empire fell, it, it, it was not a, um, you know, a Hindenburg. It didn't just burn up in an hour. This Rome smoldered for quite some slow time. Burn, slow burn. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And we're in Aquarius, so get ready. <laughs> in Aquarius. And, and, there's four, and there's four planets in Aquarius right now, by the way. Four. Four in Aquarius what right now. There? And they're staying there there's for a while. And we're, in, and we're in a Virgo mood. It's bad, honey. Mm-hmm. If, if these people, these people think with their little Capricorn energy, they're just going to bulldoze through in this airtime. It's absolutely not happening. Aquarius is a fixed sign, which means it's not moving. It's not going to do anything for you. Sorry, you're adapting. You're going to adapt. The United States is so used to using blunt I'm force that it just doesn't understand anything but blunt force. And nobody operates like that. Nobody in the world, well, other the United States, operates through blunt force. That That's the problem. People. How about we have a government that actually represents people instead of this Supposedly, strange Supposedly, Trump did actually return. America, the Moroccans and the Moors are saying that Trump actually did do that. 
The Moroccans and Moors are saying that Trump actually did restore the republic in a way because he said certain things that indicated that we have our own money back and things like There's things going on in the background that have to do with finance and law that people aren't really paying attention to. I Because th- the Moors and all of them still consider him commander-in-chief. There might be a reason for that. Because as we said, as I've stated, Biden has not filed the actual paperwork to be the president of the United States. He's president of the United States Corporation. Not the United States mm-hmm. of America people. That's why he took a proclamation, not an oath. These are, these are very key details that people need to start paying attention to. He's not in charge of the United States. That's why when Governor Abbott and the, and the district attorney of Texas started doing their stuff, he can't do anything. He has no, he has no control over sovereign nations. He can only control right. corporate assets. So sure. he can control. Or, or he's more, lost control. Yeah, more precisely. He's completely when, lost when control yeah, when the U.S. corporation said that you cannot build, um, uh, you know, fences, border defenses, Abbott said, basically, F you, I, I'm doing it myself, you know, like that's what he did. I absolutely he can. Said, I absolutely yeah. can do that. Here and here's the constitutional state constitution, right here decree where I can specifically do that very thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's why he had to try to federalize the National Guard because he, didn't, he couldn't contest him constitutionally. So now he's trying to nationalize the Federal Guard, and the district attorney came in and was like, are you sure, though? <laughs> are you sure? Like, they're using the, the actual Constitution he's not following against him. What it is, he's not following. He's just, he's just telling the American people that other people aren't. He's not following it. He specifically isn't. But he's not yeah. going to win this. He's not going to win it. It's just that simple. He has to back down. But you know how they are. They never back down. Came back down off of COVID restrictions. They still haven't done that. They're still trying to promote that today. It's even though, oh wait, Danielle, did you see the C-SPAN things today? The C-SPAN COVID hearings. Tell me you watched those. Tell me you watched them today. Tell me you did. No. Today, honey. Not today. Hey, sweetie. And they came no, on, and everyone came to... on. And was like, here's the people that were va- here's the people that are vaccine injured. You've admitted that that you that you siphoned out all the people that said that they were. That, that, that have legitimate claims, and you just kept filtering in people. They admitted it on camera. There's hours of it, hours of them admitting it. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. And it's, um, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and, and you, were telling, you were telling them the whole time, like, they're going to say it. They're going to say it eventually. They can't hide this shit forever because it's in documentation that it happened. These people have physical lawsuits against these people for vaccine injuries that they admit that they caused by vaccine. They know that they caused them. They know that they did it. In print. That's all there is to it. It's done. In print? It was a lie. It was a lie, factually. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry. It was a lie, factually. So, well, just, that... But they're still going to keep pushing it. They're still pushing it yeah. right now. Isn't that funny? It's incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not telling you about that on CNN or MSNBC or probably... They wouldn't dare. They wouldn't dare. telling us about <laughs> Well, except for when they have to tell but it's, us. It's weird to watch right? depositions live on C-SPAN, and people are like, but how can that be true? <laughs> You're like, really? <laughs> what happened? Come with- on now. Well, I, you know, and I love watching, um, like, <laughs> the confirmation of kind of what we've been saying for a very long time, where, like, mandates aren't laws. Like, you don't have to close your business. Like, you don't have to violate ADA if you're a small business owner. Like, you don't have to shutter your livelihood, you know, all of these things, you know, because a mandate is not a law. And, and you know, all of these people just did it. Like, speaking of psychological. It's, 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 all, it's all just, yeah. It's just legitimate study of understanding the difference between mandates, uh, between mandates, ordinances, laws, and statutes. 
yeah, right. And, it really is. And just really quick, just funny. really quick. Just Sorry, Kate, we'll get back to you in just one second, but just really quick. <laughs> I'll forget exactly, what I'm saying. Exactly what happened, you know, that we said would happen, happened. That, no, no, they are going to get up and argue that, well, no, we, it was a mandate. What the fuck is a mandate? That's what they were banking on. People put themselves <laughs> out of business. <laughs> Sorry, Kate, go ahead. If, there, if your lively if your livelihood depends on a mandate, then you're gonna take it as law because that's threatening exactly. your existence, like your ability to feed your family exactly. and right. pay but why for is it though Kate, But Kate, why is it though that the Walmart greeters knew that they could not force a mask on you and knew that they could not tackle you to the ground for entering into their establishment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is it the Walmart greeters knew that? You know what I mean? I, I really do think that small business owners... Well, even if they happen. didn't, it's about consent. Why do you say that they knew that? We kept trying to show them in law. We're consent. Why is that? Because I walk into the law. Is it, threat, is it threat, diversion, coerce, blackmail? <laughs> none, of that is, none of that is consent. Okay, so this is well, what I'm basing it on. This is what okay. I'm basing it on. I've walked into many Walmarts, and, and I walked into many Walmarts without a mask on during COVID. I walked mm-hmm. into small businesses and, and you know, almost got tackled to the ground, chased out, to, you know, like <laughs> torches, like I'm a leper because I did not wear days. Right? Uh-huh. I, I was not able to enter certain establishments, even to pick up a pizza. Get the yeah. fuck out. Lush. Lush, one of my so, favorite cosmetic stores. You like those pictures you of you with the face wait. shield? That was my favorite thing. That was my absolute oh. favorite thing was you in the face shield. Walter Anderson that. Nursery. I was outside shopping for plants at a nursery, one of my favorites, uh, with a face shield on. Even uh-huh. I was even playing the game. And you were outside. <laughs> I was outside. I was smelling basil. I was drinking and smoking yeah, and every single day with homeless people, which somehow didn't oh die. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So, but that was one of the big things for me. It's like, okay, so fine. I wore the, the face shield because somebody was like, well, if you guys are so, like, anti-mask, why don't you wear a face shield? I'm like, all right, game on. I'll wear a face shield. So, I, after I got kicked mm-hmm. out of Walter Anderson Nursery, um, I went to Home Depot and shopped w- without not even – just maskless, but without a face shield. And nobody said a damn thing to me. You know what I mean? Well, when I walked probably when into I started getting you banned Walmart. being rude about that. Walmart. Like, like, why, are you, why are you anti-mask? We're not anti-mask. You're pro-vaccine company, you prostitute. Um, yes, exactly. So you went to Walmart after <laughs> I was, that? I was getting pretty heated about that. I was no, getting I went a little Walmart. heated about it. But. I went to Walmart many, many times throughout COVID. And not one time... In my, call it anecdotal experience, but not one time did they chase me down and tase me because I was not wearing or take me out of the establishment or anything like that. Nothing. So they knew they can't do that. Because even Walmart greeters knew that this was not a law and they could not intervene. Even Walmart greeters. Do you remember Emmers, Danielle? They used, they used to do cast with him all the time, him and Jacob, Micah. Yes. He's kind of an older, he's a white guy, bald with a beard. Remember him? 
Yes. You do a lot of law stuff with me. Anyway, he used to, tell, he, used to he was he was on the forefront too of the law bullshit. So you'd just be like, oh, if they kick you out, he's like, if they kick me out, I just walk back in again. The same thing right. again. Like he because he's master of law, so he's just like he he'll just slide it right to no, them, and they're just like. Right, and what I did was not not when people, when people know what they're you talking about, they just back things. down from you. They don't even bother because they're like, you know what, right. I'm not getting it. He's the one who told us put a, put a personal lien against their assets and watch them back away, and they did. Right. Like you can't right. you can't fuck with people with no law. You can't get them. You just have to stop. <laughs> we were forcing That's them to why, stop, okay, and they we, got really angry about it. It was funny. Time, I thought it was time's funny. up for tonight. Time's up for, uh, for tonight. To, to that, I know. Yes, it is. But okay. To that Bye. Point, absolutely. So, no, we still have, you know, 30 seconds or so. But what I'm saying is that anytime I went back in, I also got a gift card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they knew. Mm-hmm. It, it's just these, you know, Peabody, you know, getting a whiff of power and, and you know, they're they're down. You know, they're, they they think that they can have the rest, right? It's just that's really what's going on. Anyway, that's it for tonight. Let's, I love you all. Can I say one? Great conversation. I love you, too. I bet uh, you those sure people. Uh, I bet they made the greeters wear masks, though. Yeah, they might have. They might have. All right, let share this if you can, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.